now I'm writing down the timestamp. 2.53. Hunter pooped. Yeah, I, I don't know if he knows there's a mute button on uh, the, the mic, but... It's okay. That's what multi-tracking is for. <laughs> also, I think this will end up being the intro. I'll throw out the 37 minutes when we vamped. It'll be us talking about Hunter pooping while he's... Yeah, away. yeah, and how embarrassed he will be. <laughs> yeah, yes. yes. Well, everybody poops. You can probably like uh, get some sound effect work in there too. Just make some poop noises that he isn't actually making. Yeah. Oh, a toilet flushing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Cree and Skrull of all ages, bring a bucket and a mop, and welcome to MCU Beyond Infinity, a show where fellow like-minded Marvelites have assembled to discuss, review, theorize, and wax intellectual over any and all things related to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. My name is John, and I'm thrilled to be joined by my co-host and fellow Titaniac, Travis, to break down the fifth installment of Marvel's newest Disney Plus series, She-Hulk, colon, attorney at law, mean, green, and poured into these jeans. More than halfway through the first season, we are really getting into that sitcom flow. Like any typical sitcom, it sets up its A-plot storyline right at the top, weaves in the B-story shenanigans and tomfoolery before slapping a big purple and green bow on the main conflict by the end. This is not necessarily a bad thing. The sitcom model lives on for a reason, and thanks to lovable characters and sincerely sharp wit, it prevents the show from feeling too predictable. And while we here at the podcast have adored the series so far, this episode, in my opinion, was masterfully comfortable in terms of the show's silly tone, goofy charm, and that unapologetic brand of Hallmark Store feminism. Impressively, it utilizes its broader plot to say something significant about Jennifer Walters' journey as a superhero, kicking off a surprisingly nuanced story about identity and self-acceptance. And to dive deep with us this week, we are joined by longtime friend of the pod, illustrious co-host of Android's amazing podcast, and all-around good dude, Hunter Van Lirup. Oh, Welcome, dude, Hunter. You got it. You got I got the, it. You got the name. <laughs> Nobody gets the last name, but you got it in one. <laughs> I uh, had it written as a uh, Hunter Von Trier at first, and then I remembered like that's not, <laughs> that's not the name. <laughs> no, that's a Nazi guy who makes those really sad movies that yeah. uh, kicked out of Sundance. <laughs> hey man, glad to finally be here. It's not like we've been talking about this for thirty episodes. That oh, Hunter will get on here at some point. <laughs> Every time, uh, every time you're on our show, I'm like, I'll be there next week, and you're like, yeah, and then doesn't happen. But now, finally, I'm in. Finally, you're in. I have been on Androids uh, on too many, many occasions. Yeah, yeah. Some would say too many times. Mostly your viewers or your listeners, rather. I'm yeah, sure. Well, as your show tends to run usually like an hour to 90 minutes, those episodes were up. Yeah. James looks so fed up of me and you screaming at each other by like the two and a half hour mark. Yeah. 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 When you're on the episodes, they they double in size at least. 
Thank you. Thank you. I like to bring <laughs> double the size of uh, personality to, to your fine, fine program. Um, I haven't really gotten to talk to you because you no longer live up in the same neck of the woods as I do. What have you thought of so far of uh, She-Hulk? I look forward to every episode, but I would say that about every Marvel show. So take that with a grain of salt. I do like the show a lot. I think all the characters are wonderful. I love me some Tim Roth and I am very interested to see where it's going to go. And I do like the lawyer side of it. And I'm a huge sitcom guy. It's one of my guilty pleasures. I'll watch any and all sitcoms. So this just fits right into like a nice little niche that I love. So I'm in. Yeah. It's like, cause obviously it's odd because, uh, She-Hulk obviously isn't one of the bigger characters for Marvel comic books. She's not one of the more. Yeah. But this show has surprisingly sparked the most conversation, I think, out of any of the Marvel shows I've seen on the Internet, with the exception of maybe like WandaVision, which kind of felt like a television event kind of thing. It was Um, the first Marvel TV show really, you know, produced. Yeah, it also had the. He also had a bit of mystery to what was going on. Oh, uh, yeah, so. with all that nonsense. And that was very sitcom obviously, <laughs> for its reasons. Yeah. So. By nonsense, do you mean Mephesto being confirmed <laughs> every week? The rabbit, that's Mephesto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it, it surprised me. Well, I shouldn't be surprised anymore by public outrage in in the quote-unquote fan community but the uh the she-hulk outrage has been surprisingly loud uh dude i'm actually gonna say the opposite so like besides the trailer being like oh the cgi needs to be fixed and the megan the stallion episode i've seen like no twitter problems nobody's complaining but nobody's like yelling how great it is Okay. Like for Moon Knight, every week someone would be like, Moon Knight's the best or Moon Knight's the worst. People couldn't shut up about Ms. Marvel. It, it, bad or good, they wouldn't stop talking about it. And then, of course, we had um, – what was before that? Hawkeye? Yes. People I feel pretty like excited about Hawkeye. So. This is my favorite Marvel, like Disney Plus series oh, with the exception. It moves yeah. up the list. Yeah, yeah. Like, I was a huge fan of Hawkeye, but yeah, Hawkeye tickled some very specific things that I just really like. Like, I really like Shane Black movies, and I really like Hawkeye, and and I really like New York stories and things along those lines, like the buddy cop stuff. It's just like... Love me some Haley Steinfeld, too. I am a huge fan of uh, Haley Steinfeld, uh, almost inappropriately young Haley Steinfeld. Uh, <laughs> She's my age. It's fine. Oh, good. Good. Yes. As I know, I made you, I carded you before you blew me that one time. So I'm, I'm happy to know that. <laughs> hey, man, I always got my license just in case. Thank you. Thank you for having it so handy that day. Uh-huh. I should have asked for it before you blew me, but I just took it out of your wallet while, while you weren't looking. So, um, were you a She-Hulk fan, like comic-wise, before the show? I liked show her in um, the newer stuff, like um, the Charles Soule run and the Ben, not the Bendis run, the Slot run were good. And sure. then I dabbled in her run where she was Grey Hulk by uh, Tamaki. I thought that was really good. That's probably my favorite. I think it's called She-Hulk Deconstructed. Sure. But nobody <laughs> likes that one. Everybody hates it. They don't, they're like, it's not enough She-Hulk. I'm like, she turns big and punches stuff. Stop complaining. Like, who cares? Yeah, yeah. I don't think there was enough lawyering, though, and I think that's what maybe people were complaining about because I know the Charles Soule run in the um, was a huge lawyer run. 
well, it was written by a lawyer, and the art was <laughs> awesome on that. And yeah, what was that Wada? No. Uh, the covers, I think. Who was the artist on there? Uh, I'm looking it up. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 it's a Spanish last name. I can't believe like I can't remember it. Um, we are big haters on the uh, the newest Avengers run by Jason Aaron. Oh, where she's like a big monster. Yeah, oh. yeah, the, the one that's really bad. Just yeah, <laughs> 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 ran on far too long. I uh. I yeah. love Jason Aaron's story, but I haven't really dug anything else he's done. And his take on Shido. I like his his Star Wars books were good. I haven't checked any of those out yet, so oh, maybe uh, hopefully I'll go like those. I uh, I don't like to hate people or whatever, but fucking hell. <laughs> yeah, especially someone like Aaron, who like I am genuinely such a big fan of. Like his Thor run is kind of inarguably like a top three run on that character like you have walt simonson lee kirby and then jason aaron and isak ruby i'd say all three of them are interchangeable at number one they're all so good yeah yeah it's different strokes and and his is kind of the the grandest in terms of like scope as well and again i just don't think that really works for the characters that he brought into that avengers lineup and like turning she hulk and taking her character and turning it into like just the Hulk wasn't available. So we turned Jennifer yeah. Walters into this completely different character. Well, like in the deconstructed arc, they were trying to do that. So after, uh, Oh, by the way, uh, Javier Polito, Javier Polito. I knew yeah. it was a Spanish name. Um, so in the, after the, so this is after civil war two, I think Hawkeye kills Bruce Banner while she Hulk is in a coma after fighting Thanos. And, she wakes up, Bruce is dead, and nobody's, like, beating up Hawkeye. Everybody's like, Hawkeye's fine because he did what Bruce said, blah, blah, blah. So she's a little fucked up, and, you know, she, her powers spark over, and she becomes a Grey Hulk. Mm-hmm. And then right after that, she's, like, in team-up books briefly. She pops in in books here and there. I think she was The A-Force was around that yeah, time. Yeah, A-Force. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But right after this run, she popped into the Avengers book, and then they were just like, we're going to use the book that we just had where we showed her grow as a character and like form a new Hulk. And then she's just going to get dumb again. And I was like, okay, cool. Thanks. Good job, yeah. Jason. Put her in it, space. And she got her own World War Hulk story. So whatever. Yeah, it's so annoying. And this show is going so hard into what I think the core of the character really like should be. And this was like the first episode that didn't feature like stunt casting. I'll call it like stunt cameos. Fun cameo. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it was the first episode where it was like She Hulk, Jennifer, and her supporting cast can carry an episode just as well as being like, surprise, Wong is here. Blah, blah, blah. All the dates came back. That was funny. That was very funny. This entire. Do you think John Bass is the frog man? Who is John Bass? He's the he's Todd. He's the the the, uh, the, the, uh, the specimen. Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the guy that she went on a date with it was a fan of hers already. I yeah, I think he's a superhero. I think he's Frogman because he just uh, seems too Froggy. Too much of a coincidence that he would show up at her. Work I mean, he's not like, like a huge. He's not a huge actor, but he's yeah, bigger yeah. than the other. He's the most notable out of all the boyfriends, except for the one wrestler guy. <laughs> the MMA guy, whatever he was, the guy who was like, yeah, 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 David Yeah, I don't know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So besides him, 
John Bass is the only other super recognizable date she went on. And I was like, this guy, he's got, because we saw in the trailer, Frogman. So I'm like, this guy's got to be Frogman. He gives me Tony Stark vibes if Tony Stark was an incel. And he I'm is just a like, sun guy, so yeah, yeah, I could say that. He is rather froggy. You know, he's he's got he maybe said, got He said specimen, and I was like, mm, that seems like a frog thing. <laughs> 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 so I'm thinking he's frog man. As we dissect the episode momentarily, I dissect. unfortunately will um yeah, dissect like you dissected a frog <laughs> specimen, as we did in uh, junior high school. Um I will unfortunately unravel the theory where he is not Frogman, but there was a brief Frogman cameo in this episode. I found out by the credits. Yes. Through the credits, because I looked up the actor who was playing Frogman. Frogman? No, Pug is no. Pug's just a guy, right? Pug is just a guy. Because the the actor is like known for being like he was a Prometheus in the Arrow show, so I'm like he's got to be somebody, and they're like, nah, he's just this lawyer, and I was like, okay. I love Pug, and I love how this episode got. One of the things that we kind of liked about Miss Marvel and even Hawkeye so much was the supporting characters felt so good, even with their limited screen time. Hawkeye with the LARPers. That was great. And Mm -hmm. with um, the mustache twirly guy who ended up being swordsman. Yes. Swordsman. Yeah. 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 All those characters were great. Even Kate Bishop's mom was fucking great. I love her. Yes. 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 Yeah. Oh yeah. I forgot she was in. So like, I watched one episode of Base Motel and it had like rape in it basically. And, uh, oh, yeah, that's part of it, yeah. Yeah. And, and it was like, I turned you off on that one instantly. Like, instantly. Know, for me, just for me, it was the, uh, the texting that happens in the, the very beginning of the episode where I'm, I guess I'm too old now for like modern technology oh, and shows annoys me. And <laughs> That's like a season one only thing. Like after oh. season one, they kind of find their footing, and it's like a like it's a horror movie, a horror show. I'm like, okay, all right. Well, Veer Formiga was the best, but this show is doing much like Hawkeye did, and even Miss Marvel did to an extent, where we are getting subtle character growth while it moves at a tick and it, and it, it works within like a format, like the serialized sitcom format. And you don't even notice it's so passive with its character development, but like, again, things that are core to Jennifer Walters. Who's she never, frogman, I will tell you who the frogman <laughs> yeah, is. I will not forget. I have it highlighted in my notes, which I have four pages. I really of want John Bass, man. I think he'd be great. <laughs> I have a theory on who John Bass is. Well, I'll just say it now. I think he's Mephesto, but we'll get to that. <laughs> <if not. laughs> he could be Jack of Hearts. That'd be good. Oh, that would be mm. good. That would be pretty good. No, but, I hope he's but a scroll. Somebody's no. got to start being the scroll soon. Somebody's got to be scrolls. Before, yeah, before yeah. Secret Invasion, we need scrolls modern day. Sorry, Ben yeah. Mendelsohn. We need more than just you. Yeah. This series, though, so far, like fucking Jen not wanting to be a superhero and acquiring these powers by a literal accident, being dubbed the She-Hulk by popular demand, and then being forced to embrace this secret identity Mm -hmm. basically publicly in order to keep her job. 
we've seen her resent and disdain these abilities and then kind of begrudgingly start to embrace them yeah, when necessary. Well, yeah, but again, she like didn't even want to do those things. This episode was the first time that like by the beginning of the episode, she hated She-Hulk. And by the yeah. end of it, she started to realize maybe I like being She-Hulk. Maybe like, you know, there's the the inner beauty and the inner strength versus the outer beauty and the outer strength. And this episode, again, like being framed around this uh, like Shim Sham fucking beauty product Social line. Nonsense. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Where it's all focused on outer beauty. It's all focused on like the exterior perception of you from the outside. And again, from the outside, people see and like her dates on Tinder saw this big, strong figure, you know outer strength outer beauty and then the interior strength of jennifer walters and one time they felt like two separate characters and now they're starting to feel like no they are one of a whole like jen is the inner strength she did this all by herself and then it was just kind of happenstance like oh you just happen to be this beautiful hulk monster as well and you have this kind of like exterior beauty and it's just kind of nice because at the beginning of this episode it starts off with her kind of like resenting she hulk and by the end of it she's yeah. finally starting to love both of her sides yeah. jen and she, and she hulk she literally has to humiliate herself in order to keep the name yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah 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 it's a nice little humbling moment <laughs> mm-hmm mm-hmm I just like how everybody's pretending like Tatiana Maslany isn't like a smoke show. I know. Like, everybody's I know. like, she's not my type, it. bro. I'm like, are you like on drugs, dude? She's like gorgeous. And we're just pretending like she's ugly because she's not giant and green. What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. It's not even like, <laughs> they do pretty much nothing other than have her wear like comfortable clothes. And that's yeah. how we're supposed to know that she's unattractive, I guess. But Jesus. Like when, when the guy comes, like at the end of the dating episode, which was like two episodes ago or last episode, um, like the, the dude after the date just leaves. And I'm like, are you serious, dude? I'm like, she's right there. Like, she's so cool. What's going on? She's like, oh, bye. Oh, uh, you're not She-Hulk. I'm like, yeah. fucking what? You were on a date with a literal fucking movie star, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's like, she's appropriately cast, I think, because I think Jennifer Walters, well, isn't like, this is going to sound weird. It's like a gorgeous comic book character. But like, I don't know, man. I think this is a good casting. When she got first cast, I was like, yes. Yeah. Was like, Give me more of this. And then when they mm-hmm. turned her green and she didn't have the curly hair, I was like, I get it. It's probably a nightmare for CGI, but like, it's <laughs> naturally <laughs> curly hair. Like, yeah, yeah. We've, we've definitely talked about that on the podcast for about two, because yeah, it would be nice to have like an 80s John Byrne uh, yeah, giant dude. fucking hair. And go, go ham. Ham it up. Yeah. I, love that. I love Marvel's hamminess. We're going to get a frogman. Give her curly <laughs> hair. What's going on? It's got to be the animation, though. Like, like oh, Travis sure. was saying, it's already having a hard enough time doing the the face and everything. Yeah, I mean, this episode literally made the Shrek joke, right? Like at one point in it, like, yeah, where where mm-hmm. they made the Shrek comparison, and that's all I could. I've never seen a Shrek movie. Really? Um, yeah, I know, wow. I know. I, I think I know. We love the first one. The first one slaps. People say that. People say that. People I. That's your I right I do like that somebody's name is for, called Farquat. I think that's pretty yeah, funny. Farquat is what's up, dude. He wants a wife, so he uses a magic mirror to pick out wives, and then he sends Shrek to go get one. That sounds terrifying. It's, it's, I just 
2004, <laughs> dude, or whatever that movie was made. <laughs> like, I know. I've seen a Kung Fu Panda, but I've never seen a Shrek. Kung Fu Panda's my shit. I know. You yeah. kind of remind I me of Kung love, Fu Panda. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, well, you do. Jack, I have the Jack Black vibes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'll take that as what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. No, I love Kung um, Panda. Titania rules, yeah, too. Jamila? Jamila? Jamila is that her name? She's got Jamila two first Jamila names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, she's from The Good Place. She's the character that is her from The Good Place. I don't know. I don't watch The Good Place. I just know she's in that one. <laughs> These uh, Titania ads for the uh, She-Hulk beauty line promising that strength is beauty are so fucking spot on to every stupid Fashion Nova ad or yeah. anything. Yeah. I was... I was kind of surprised we didn't get a nod to her comic costume with the like purple and spikes and everything in one of these. It's just like a throwaway thing. We'll probably get her super suit by the end. (laughs) Uh, See, I'm not even sure if we will. I I hope so, but yeah, I'm not going to bank on it. I think we still don't know who the big bad is. And I'm like, it's because the record, the wrecking crew worked for somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put a little pinpoint in that because like, it, it does get Did back they work to for you. The frogman. <laughs> it gets back to. I'll get back to it later. I I have a, it kind of ties into your whole frogman debunking thing. I'm but I, they're working no, for uh, either. Well, if you're saying the debunking, they could be working for Todd or John Bass or whatever. And that's I what I was thinking. I think they're that's working for the power broker. I am thinking <laughs> that Sharon Carter. She needs to be relevant again. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking. I that think they're going to reveal Sharon Carter to be a scroll to back themselves Ooh, out of that plot development. Good, actually, that's a good idea. Put yeah, especially with just the way that people didn't like that. He's portrayed very poorly in Falcon Winter Soldier, so I get it. Yeah, yeah, it, it's a way out of it if they want yeah. to. And uh, then, um, <laughs> I think Kingpin's a possibility just because. Sure. Depends on what. Uh, tier they have She-Hulk be at? Like, yeah. Is she going to be a street level hero or are we going to see her I don't know. On Avenging? Her skill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah she yeah. can kind of go in between, I think. But yeah, She could be working for Sam... Uh, the Wrecking Crew could be working for Samuel Stern. That's what I'm thinking, too. Yeah, yeah. The big and reveal that's... at the end of the season will be him and then he'll be in New World Order. So. Yeah. Could be cool. T- Titania is kind of the perfect counterpoint to Jennifer Walters though again. Yeah, Titania is big, strong and in love with herself <laughs> and she's doing all this like promotion and nonsense and she's the she's the antithesis or whatever that word is yeah. on she It works. She's obsessed with outward facing images, forgetting who she is on the inside, while Jen has constant reminders of who she is on the inside because when people reveal that she's this movie star Tatiana, they say <laughs> ill gross, and they just want her to be a giant old <laughs> person. She's impish, yes, yes. Uh. Like I understand the whole step on me, mommy, she Hulk thing. Don't get yeah, me of wrong. Course. I'm in that. I'm in that boat. But like, of course. come on, Jen Walters, hundred percent, hundred percent. And she's a lawyer. She's got a good job. Oh, dude, like, she's she's in it. Her house yeah. is nice for her being like a single lawyer, by the way. Her, her house is very nice. I complimented her. Like, really nice. <laughs> really nice. Every time they do the exterior <laughs> shot, I'm like, what a nice little home. Um, the fucking advertising campaign for this beauty line. Like we see Jen watching the fucking commercial in the beginning and it looks like every fucking skim or or goop was the one that we were talking about before <laughs> yeah. we were recording. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I, yeah. I don't think Paltrow will ever be offended because I don't think she's ever going to see any of these fucking Marvel things. But <laughs> she's yeah. like, I don't watch these. She's like, I was in them. I don't watch them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Uh, well, didn't she say she didn't even know what any of the stuff was one time in like some sort of interview? She said she didn't even know she was in one of the Spider-Man movies. She's like, I didn't know I was in that. And I'm like, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't uh, fault her for that. I don't think. I wouldn't expect her to like these types of movies to begin with. So, as long as they come in and do a decent job, I don't. Dude, care. She's she's too busy selling dildos and vagina girls. <laughs> so you know, she can't be bothered with these Marvel movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I like she made her millions. She's good. I. I have nothing against fucking taking care of yourself and I have nothing against like makeup and, or even plastic surgery. Oh, and yeah, like, yeah, do, what. do what you want to do. Yeah. Like one of my best friends, um, she is like obsessed with getting like procedures done on herself. She like gets her lips done all the time and is always going bigger. She gets Botox in her face all the time because she's always getting it. She gets boob jobs and butt jobs. She goes to the gym twice. Like she's a crazy person and wears like a ton. And I love her to death. And I'm like, yo, and it gives her a shitload of confidence. Like she fucking Mm -hmm. loves it. And I see like the benefits that that has done to somebody. But mm-hmm. Gwyneth Paltrow comes off so fucking shallow with this shit and <laughs> Dude, dumb about it. Netflix things. It's insane. She's like, I sent all my workers on a mushroom like vacation. They all did mushrooms in the woods and we're going to record them. And like all of them just start crying and have existential crises. <laughs> and she's like, crap it. And I'm like, what's going on? It's a possibility. Yeah. Goop lab. It is insane. <laughs> yeah. I, I know like her big thing, like she had some sort of uh, like, you know, interview in like one of these health magazines. And it was like, how do you start your day? And it's like, well, I take this alkaline water that like, you know, gets all of the, uh, it's properly balanced pH. So it's at like a neutral. And then I put a dash of lemon in it. And in my head, I'm thinking like, that's what you're doing. You fucking idiot. It's perfectly balanced as all things should be. And then you throw a lemon in there. And then I take baking soda to make it like balanced again. You know what I mean? Like, what the fuck are you well, doing? She wants that taste of lemon. It's like, then just make a lemon flavored water, dude. Yeah. Money, figure it out. Okay. Yeah, figure it out. Drink a LaCroix. Like, that's what <laughs> I do. Like, I'm literally drinking one right now. It tastes delicious and I it has those lemon. Sparkling there. ice things. Those are good. Oh, those are tasty. My new one is a uh, spin drift. This is the part of the podcast where we talk about drift. seltzers that we drink. Oh, it is <laughs> amazing. It tastes like, like I love, I was a LaCroix boy for oh, years. Boy. Yeah. Yeah. LaCroix boy for years. Um, where like, I, 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 I had 12 packs like Probably stocked up. Brown floor LaCroix too. Love LaCroix. Love LaCroix. And then, uh, I got the Spindrift recently and it tastes like like sparkling water, but instead of like being flavored like something, it tastes like you squeeze the fruit into it instead. Mm-hmm. My buddy yeah, has like little packets of stuff that's like that. Yeah, it, it is quite delicious. Um, but yeah, fuck one of the Paltrow in this group stuff. And like I was telling you guys before, like yeah. the fact that this fucking woman is able to sell dildos on Instagram and yeah. not get banned while all my favorite porn stars accounts are constantly getting deleted. And I keep having to like, oh, dude, yeah, like Riley Reed gets deleted every other day. And I'm like, all the time. I know. Mm-hmm. And every time I'm like, I haven't seen from Riley Reed again. And I'll like type her into my search <laughs> engine and it'll be like Riley Reed again. And like, she constantly <laughs> has to change her fucking name. Even though I heard Riley Reed did like something really oh she um admitted to statutory rape and kind of oh. joked about it and uh, uh, she said the yeah. n-word that was cool oh that's cool yeah. um she said that like in a rap she made 
And I was oh, like, wow. why? Yeah. Why are you doing that? <laughs> why are you doing <laughs> why that? Why are you doing that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll still masturbate to her. Like, um, <laughs> we can't hang out. That's yeah. Yeah. yeah it's can't it's, hang out. <laughs> we can't be friends, but I can still jerk off to you. you just um, a baby. Good for her. Good for her. She married the parkour guy. Did you see oh, that? Yeah. I didn't know he was yeah. a parkour guy. I thought it was just like a business guy. No, no. He's like a parkour dude. He like jumps off of like buildings backwards and stuff like that. Well, that's dope. Good for him. Dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty neat. I follow that guy on Instagram too. Mostly so I can see him tag his wife so I know which account she has. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a good move. That's, that's a life hack. That's yeah, a move. Thank you. Time to go follow the husband. Instagram <laughs> hacks, my friends. Yeah, uh, dude. I've showed Travis before. I think one of the most revealing things about somebody's uh, personality is if you do that uh, Instagram discovery, when you hit the search and it shows like all the recommendations, it shows you like a lot about yourself and what you're looking at and consuming. And mine is like all butts and like 90s <laughs> comic books and like oh, guitar yeah, pedal. Dude. Mine is like <laughs> art, boobs, butts, and then like toys. And like toys, yeah, exactly. I got some Elvis memes on here now recently because I watched that movie and I've been talking about it, so my phone knows. Yeah, yeah. Um, the fucking oh, the corn kid's the best. I love the corn kid. The corn kid's the best. Um, the advertisements on the podcast and that billboard though for the Titania She Hulk brand all felt so fucking authentic like when you're listening to a podcast and it's like and now we're sponsors and it's always like um i get the hymns a lot it's like like hair growth yeah yeah, hair growth products and boner pills like it sounded exactly like one of those yeah yeah exactly yeah they know what they're doing yeah um Most (laughs) most of the time and this is also the second episode in a row where Jennifer Walters has had what a trademark means be mansplained to her by somebody who uh, <laughs> forgotten that she's a fucking lawyer. Cause like her idiot uh, cousin, that guy, Chad uh, barges that's into her, the, that was her brother. No, that's no, her cousin. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Cause we were speculating. <laughs> back in cousin the- that isn't Bruce it's and bruce was the first one to mention him in the origin story in episode one like the Isn't pilot like chad it's like chad, chad. or chaz chad chad yes. that's even worse than chad i think <laughs> yeah 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 it's chad <laughs> that's like uh what happens to a chad when like both of his they parents brother and sister. Yeah. yeah yeah exactly i thought it was a i thought it was a nickname for cheddar like they named him cheddar oh, oh maybe <laughs> maybe he's a little chad head <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 um yeah chad barges into the apartment with all the titania oh, yeah, all like the bootleg merch essentially yeah <laughs> Yeah, and then he like basically sits her down and is like, "You see, Jen, a trademark is this," and she's like, "Yeah, like I'm not a fucking lawyer, you yeah. fucking idiot." And uh, the title card playing and it being altered to the uh, She Hulk by Titania. Mm-hmm. It was all very, very nice. Um, I think this show has a lot to say, and I think it's going to be a big boost for Marvel's TV stuff because a lot of people have been like doubting these last couple shows. And I think this one's going to like shoot it back up. But I know every time a new Marvel property comes out, it gets tight, like hosted up, hosted up to like the highest bar. Like this is the next best Marvel thing. Like the, <laughs> the greatest movie, like Thor, Thor, Love and Thunder was like the best Marvel movie since Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness. I'm like, cause that was the last Marvel movie. Like what are you fucking yeah. talking about? 
Well, we've had Hunter, and I think I've expressed it to you, like when I went on for the Love and Thunder or the Miss Marvel episode. Mm-hmm. I don't want to call it like Marvel fatigue, but we. Oh no, I get it. We no, have no. been worried about um, quantity over quality, dude. We were talking about this. Like, I think it might have been during Ms. Marvel or Love and Thunder. Whenever you were on, we were talking about how Phase One, Phase Two, Phase Three were all like upwards to ten movies maximum. Phase f- Four, being Four, is like eighteen, nineteen product like projects. Yeah, yeah. And there's still four years more coming out. There's three more coming out this year. We got Werewolf by Night, we got Wakanda Forever, and we have the mm-hmm. Love. Um, uh, holiday special that's crazy yeah. there's still yeah. three more and we're it, it's september like what's going on it's a lot it's, <laughs> phase it, five already has a huge list too and then phase six only showed us three projects but there's a lot of numbers a lot of dates yeah there yeah, were 20- i'm sure that phase five is going to be bigger than what they've announced so quite, uh, I, mean, I understand you want to pump out because you're not yeah. just doing movies anymore you're doing tv shows not counting all the abc hulu shows they were doing before Disney Plus, I understand you're doing a lot of shows. You're doing a lot of special presentations, but you got to relax. People are going to yeah. get overwhelmed. Star Wars is doing a decent job at only releasing like two or three things a year. But like, damn, dude. <laughs> yeah, I just wish the consistency was there. Like, Oh, yeah, they're like, all consistent, like nine episodes instead of like... Well, no, no, I mean in, in quality. Oh, like, okay. Yeah, yeah, we're... Uh, some of the shows just kind of drop off towards the end. Like I like Miss Marvel for the most part, but towards the end, the writing is just isn't there. Oh, and yeah, I was kind of bummed, and I hated to. I hated that I didn't like that one more because uh, of the representation aspect of it. I wanted that to be fantastic to shut people up, kind of. But sure. And yeah, yeah, but. Yeah, but like where it shined, it did shine. Like with the characters in Miss Marvel, oh, I it shined. Yes, yes. Bruno was great. I love Kamala. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nakia was fantastic. I love mm-hmm. the older brother. He was mm-hmm. I lo- in the books. I kind of don't like him because he's just he's there to just be like bickering older brother. Like, oh, you should do this. <laughs> you should do this. But like in the movie, in the show, he was like just wholesome and hilarious, and I loved it. Mm-hmm. And we've had COVID to be a scape goat of a lot of the quality inconsistencies yeah, yeah, yeah. oh yeah they had to film remotely they had to like, wear masks and cut back and, and the budget blah, blah blah reshoots yeah it's like, we couldn't yeah, delay it anymore and stuff like that or if it's not ready it's not ready you gotta stop giving marvel excuses yeah <laughs> Hold them accountable. But, but like when we're getting products like the Batman or something along those lines, just talking about like big franchise stuff. You know what I mean? Like we're getting big franchise stuff in a tier that's like up there with the best Marvel properties sometimes ever, or even look at James Gunn's the suicide squad. Like as a movie, they took their time on and it turned out great and kind of exceeded the expectations of what a Suicide Squad movie should oh, fucking be. Oh, that movie slaps. Yeah. Peacemaker is equally awesome. That's I'm Here's- saying. Like, Peacemaker <laughs> is equally as awesome. And it's like, yeah, I want there to be more DC movies. You know, I want oh, there I to know. be this Water many. Discovery. Yeah, maybe one would be nice. I remember the, <laughs> I remember the uh, advertisement for uh, the year of the hero, twenty twenty two. Like, oh, yeah. doesn't the world need heroes now? And it was they like for DC, yeah, except for Black Adam. Yeah, but that's a rock vehicle, and there has to be twenty exactly. of those a the year. Rock has to come out. So. Yeah, 
Of course, the leaders of Earth signed a pact with the devil where there has to be at least four rock well, movies got, every he's year. He's got a sitcom, he's in Fortnite, and he's got DC movies now, so he's in. Sure. I bet they're making Red Notice 2 right now. Oh, they are. Don't they, even know. <laughs> Red Notice no, no, they announced Red Notice Trilogy. They're doing three. Oh, my God. Well, yeah. it's the highest. It's the most watched movie of all time. Did you guys know It's got three of the biggest actors in it. It's got Gal Gadot, who, you know, great. And it's got Ryan Reynolds, who's got a hot streak right now. And then, obviously, The Rock. It's and, because and people... play function. Yeah, <laughs> that's... Netflix. Yeah, yeah. Travis, Netflix too. <laughs> well, when you fall asleep on Netflix, Netflix automatically plays their most popular thing. And Netflix's biggest ally is people passing the fuck out while they're watching programming because they automatically play their own programming the second something ends and they get all these numbers for their original programming oh, because of that. I going to say they play the number one movie, which currently is more so. uh, We're not allowed to talk about that. No, <laughs> it's <laughs> but it's uh, time, boys. So Jen goes to this Titania like <laughs> pop up shop at uh, <laughs> at the Grove. Yeah, yeah. yeah, well, I had to fucking mark it down twice already. <laughs> retired bit. You can't even say the name of the. Movie. No, you call it. You can call it retired bit. Can you okay. talk about living vampires? I know. Oh, I didn't know I yeah. couldn't mention the name of the movie. That's my bad. We can only talk about living vampires. We can't talk about regular vampires because of the podcast code authority. They don't allow us to talk about the dead. We can or the undead rather. We can only talk about living vampires. Can we talk That's, about Matt Smith. We can talk about Matt That's Smith, good. but okay. I'm okay with yeah, that. yeah, yeah. We can talk about Bruno, but no, 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 no. <laughs> All right. Um, After the, the pop up shop. Yeah, well, the pop-up shop thing, that, that 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 launch and getting to confront Titania and calling her. Yeah, the literal uh, snake gonna, oil salesman. He's going to stop them from just walking in? Like, okay. I mean, she is a She-Hulk. And Nikki. She didn't She-Hulk I, when she walked in. Nikki's just very pushy. Nikki is also very attractive. I'm a huge oh, fan yeah. of this actor. 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When um, she was casting this, I was like, that's going to be fun. Oh, you knew of this woman before this show? Yeah, she was in a show called Wrecked. Um, Interesting. With, with actually Zach Kriegers from Barbarian. Uh, she ended up leaving after season one or season two, but she was fantastic. And she's been in a bunch of other stuff. She's a character actress. But when she got cast in this, I was like, oh, this will be fun. She's going to be a good character. She is. I like all this. Like we've said that I sound like a fucking broken record, but I really do like all the supporting characters in this. Mm-hmm. I especially like Nikki, like back at the office after they confront Titania about like, they don't serve her a cease and desist, but they give her that kind of like, please stop this right now kind of thing. And then like Jen's kind of lamenting about uh, how she doesn't like being She-Hulk, but Nikki kind of like starts saying like, sounds like you kind of like being She-Hulk. And it's like, well, it has its perks. (laughs) It has the perfect hair, the insane body, like the ability to walk home alone at night with headphones on and not worry about being killed. And um, that is something I think about oddly too often guys. Cause like I, I have to like go for runs three times a week and I, and I fucking hate it. And like, I'm a six foot three man. And every time I run past like another human being, like, especially like a woman who's smaller than me. And I say like, hi, I see this kind of like terrified look in their face. And, you know, I take it personally and then I mug them and drag them <laughs> home. But no, 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 but, but I always think like, wow, that, 
that must fucking suck because like at any point in time right now, I could literally just like bonk you on the head. You know what I mean? And like, yeah. I never, I never have to fucking worry about that. Like I live in a town that has like a not so nice neighborhood where like I buy my nicotine products and, and shit from like my bodegas, like in a kind of sketchy part of town. Mm-hmm. And I walk around there. Like it's not a fucking problem. Around, like headphones on <laughs> gigantic noise, canceling headphones and a pinky ring. And I, and like, I don't fucking worry about it because mm-hmm. like, I know like if someone came up to me, unless they had a gun or something, like <laughs> I could probably just push them or say no or run Again, really like, fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you like kind of don't have that option. Um, when you like have to wear heels because that's a socially acceptable thing to do. It's just something that's like always on my mind. And this show has done a very good job at like, yeah, she bringing... brings that up how she could like walk alone with no headphones. And now down the street, I mean, she yeah. walked with headphones in, but she also, uh, that wrecking crew episode. Yeah. She's yeah. Just walking yeah. down the street and she gets attacked and she's like, fuck. And then she's like, Oh wait, I'm she Hulk. <laughs> and then she just beats him up. <laughs> yeah. Precisely. Oh, very good. Very good stuff. MVP of the episode by far for me is my dude Pug. Though. Oh, dude, his Iron Man threes—he needs them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Whenever I saw this back, I knew I know John's a shoe guy, and I, I, I figured this was going to be his favorite character. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's this little tiny thing for Josh Segura's character just to be like, "Yep, you like shoes." Yeah. <laughs> oh, I I am a sneaker person. I'm looking at a closet that's dedicated. I have over 350 pairs of sneakers um it's like a it, it's it's a problem that like a lot of my friends do like make fun of me for and uh like i've talked about like getting sober on the fucking show before it's like not a fucking secret but like once i like got an office job and realized like oh i can wear sneakers here if i dress nice and like make it a thing i got like really bad with with buying <laughs> sneakers over the past like five years specifically because it's like i have to be like this like office stiff and like iron pairs of khakis every day and like not have an identity of my own but i can buy jordans and i can buy cool adidas and like you know and like make that a thing and then it just like progressed to become like worse and worse and worse and worse and fucking worse where i have so many sneakers and i have done like so pug ass nikki uh for a favor which is to like go stand in front of a line at a sporty good store and wait for a specific sneaker drop and that is something that like i have done that before um for customer you gotta have the extra body yeah and also like when things sell out it's a good idea to have somebody with you it it kind of feels like you're like waiting for like a concert ticket or something along those lines or like a sport game but like i brought like a camping chair yo like i sat in front of some place in midtown manhattan when one of the yeezys came out for god man maybe like 16 hours and i dragged my poor fuck yeah yeah i dragged my poor fucking friend with me to do it and uh just sat in line to buy material objects like an <laughs> asshole. But also I do like that they're giving Pug like more of a personality because he kind of seemed like oh, a dummy. Episode, he was just there. I was like, yeah, but he seems fun and oh, cool. Yeah. I like the supporting characters uh, well, they, they cast throughout. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. cast this guy and I was like, he's got to be more than just like a gopher. <laughs> like, why is he in this? And I'm like, oh, wait, he's going to be a big supporting cast member later on. Okay, mm-hmm. I see what's going on. Pug mentions that he's got a quote unquote drip broker. 
who can get. <laughs> I love that word, by the way, drip. He's got a drip broker. Yeah, he can get anything that you're looking for fashion-wise. And this is when Nikki calls in the favor because she wants to get her friend Jennifer some superhero-sized clothing. Do you guys have any theories on who the drip broker is? Well, he said um, Antoine. He said the drip broker was Alfonso. 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 Yeah, he's like, I got it. He's like, Alfonso's my guy. He's like, he's my drip broker. And then you meet this Luke Jacobson guy, and I'm like, that's not Alfonso. Do you guys think Alfonso could be code for Baron Zemo? I thought that was <laughs> I don't I would, think we're going to have connections to Baron Zemo. Yeah. I don't think uh, Alfonso is anyone. I think he's just a way to get from point A to point B, which yeah. is the the guy we meet at the end of the episode. Yeah, that Luke the Jacobson. We meet him in the middle too. Didn't didn't Zemo while the Falcon Winter Soldier like press junket was rolling out, they had like a YouTube channel that was like Zemo's fashion corner or something along those lines idea. though? I don't remember that. I do not I think know. they did. But I know that Zemo hooked Falcon up with like that sick ass pimp outfit. And he knew about like fine art and um was really good like at barons. He is a baron, so I think it's just baron stuff. He is Euro trash. So. <laughs> so I think he's just a baron and that's it. And he we know he is pretty fashion forward by his sense in socks that he wears over his face. Um, just one scene, of course. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. the one scene that oh Travis God. was waiting his whole life for that they only Dude, gave us one scene. They're like, scene this of. is Zemo. And then like in what is it, Civil War, he's just like Daniel Brule. And I'm like, okay. And then yeah, like, he's yeah, coming yeah. back and he's got the coat. And I'm like, <gasps> and then in the trailer, the teaser trailer, they showed he's got the mask on. And I'm like, oh my yeah, God. They, they show you the one shot of him in the purple fucking sock. <laughs> and then that's, they're fucking assholes. For that. They better bring it back for Thunderbolts, man. He's not in Thunderbolts. Uh, I mean, think, he's on the team lineup. I think oh, he is. I no, think he's, Thunderbolts he's, team is a ploy. Hmm? I think that the movie's titled Thunderbolts because they want you to think that the characters that we see on screen are the Thunderbolts, like on that teaser image. But yeah. I think Zemo's actually doing his own Thunderbolts. And that team that is formed by Julia Marie Dreyfus's character is actually the Secret Avengers that will later dub themselves the Thunderbolts after they eliminate the actual Thunderbolts. Hmm. That's what I'm thinking. Because mm-hmm. those characters are all super soldiers. Yeah. So they have three Captain yeah. Americas. <laughs> it is a little super super soldier saturation point. Yeah, so I'm there. thinking yeah, yeah. that they have like the actual Thunderbolts will be like Zemo's villains turned good guys hmm? or bad guys turned good. We know what I mean. And then Dreyfus will be like, yo, this is just a big ploy. Zemo's an asshole. And Sebastian Stan Winter Soldier will be like, yeah, 100%. I worked with him. So they'll go stop him. And then they'll dub themselves the Thunderbolts by the end. I think it's a reverse. I think it's called the Thunderbolts because Yelena Belova is a bad name for a movie. <laughs> oh, dude, Black Widow 2, Thunderbolts, done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's pretty much what it's going to be. Oh, yeah, because they got Red Guardian in there, and I'm like, okay. Well, yeah, this, he's this is kind of... Daddy issues the movie. Mm-hmm. Where do we all weigh in on the Don't Worry Darling scandals this not... week? Oh, the, the spitting? The spitting is a joke. <laughs> The Harry Styles spinning on Chris Pine. That was apparently debunked. I want to see the movie because I like me some Chris Pine. I do too. I hear it's a bad movie. I hear it's very bad. And I like me some Florence Pugh. Like me and some I Harry like, Styles. 
I know you do. I don't like Harry Styles. I, <laughs> and I, I think because he's good looking. Yeah, he is a very handsome he's a very guy. Good looking guy, and his watermelon sugar song is hilarious. <laughs> I think there's a big generation because you're younger than Travis and I, oh, and maybe. yeah, you're fetal tissue. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> we literally hatched Hunter before coming out of this. Yeah. Uh, I was sitting on an egg, and he came out. We have him thrown in front of a microphone, but. Uh, <laughs> No, um, I I don't know what a One Direction is, but uh, <laughs> and and again, like Harry Styles, like from that one scene in Eternals, he was more charismatic than ninety percent of the mm-hmm. entire cast because he just looks like a movie star. Yeah, he was good in Dunkirk, dude. He I was, was good in Dunkirk when he was cast in Dunkirk. I'm like the One Direction guy, and then I saw the movie and I was like serviceable, very good. I didn't know what that meant when he was cast in Dunkirk. I thought he was like an actual actor and I found out that's how I found out who he was. Cause like I'm a generic white film bro who likes Christopher Nolan movies. Surprise, yeah. surprise. Um, but he is coming off like such a dick because one, he started sleeping with Olivia Wilde while they were shooting and now they're dating. Yeah, and then that was with, that was like when she was going through the divorce or whatever. Right. Or just yeah. Yeah. Got it through. Her and Harry yeah. getting together, and I was like, okay. And 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 um, midway through filming, he demanded a raise, so he ended up getting paid like three million dollars <laughs> for this demanded. movie. He asked for a raise, and he it was given. No demands. He's, he's one of the biggest. Movies. But he's a gigantic movie star. Like That's, he's one yeah. of the most bankable faces. Oh, I know. He's yeah. talking well, he, for one minute, and you'll realize how big Harry Styles is. <laughs> and he's already a replacement, so I would assume that replacing that character once again would just add ridiculous amounts of money to the uh, budget. But paying the second on the call sheet three million dollars when Florence Pugh arguably one of the biggest young actresses in the yeah 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 yeah. like in the world she starred in a fucking marvel movie she was second (laughs) on the call sheet in a fucking marvel movie harry styles was like 25th and no one knew he was in it until the end but she only made like five hundred thousand for that movie while harry styles made three million she's like the main character no shit hunter it's almost like (laughs) there's a gender pay gap yeah yeah it uh it just kind of is in like two shots in the trailer yeah it just kind of like the whole thing is like kind of bugging me and (laughs) i feel like i'm like obviously i'm gonna see it one because like i i fucking see everything too because i like florence (laughs) Pugh and chris pine a lot i think the movie uh, is like a cool premise which is why i'll see it it has a a a really heady premise i could see where it could get muddy in the execution real quick and apparently it does like it it's got a better premise than it is a fucking movie time will tell i like the aesthetic too oh i've been i've been way into uh yeah i've been way into like knitted polos lately um (laughs) (laughs) i've been wearing weird stuff my dude i think knitted polos is a fun uh fashion choice uh even though some people at work say i dress like tony soprano lately but uh, (laughs) you get that pinky ring it doesn't i do i do it does not help i have like knitted fucking polar shirts on they're gonna be like what's going on i know it's yeah it's pretty fucking bad um yeah, so I think the drip broker might be Zemo or Mephisto. Stay tuned. <laughs> or Frogman. Uh, Could be Frogman. Or, or the Frogman. Mm-hmm. Frogman. Uh, even though 
the frogman was a client of the drip broker we will get to it eventually i promise i didn't forget i'm going to keep okay. reminding myself so keep i don't forget about it yeah yeah i know it's going to drive you crazy it's probably driving the listeners crazy i want so. it to be todd i know you do he <laughs> looks like Todd frog. Mass, and he, he's perfect for frogman he's a perfect specimen for the frogman exactly. uh, <laughs> the, the drip broker sends a pug and uh nikki to a boba tea cafe which is supposedly a front for a superhero clothing dealer um marvel's had a lot of fun with these shows throwing these qr codes into random scenes did you guys notice the one inside the boba shop no you got the ones from moon knight if you like scan the code in moon knight and then you scan the reflection you get two different things so that's cool there's oh oh, really yes you scan the reflection you get another comic whoa yeah it's like crazy there's been one in the in the advertisements that was the uh, Wolverine confirmed or whatever. There was one in that scene in oh, the boy. second episode. Uh, in this one, there was like a QR code on the side of the wall. And if you scanned it, it brought you to dance slots. Uh, She-Hulk number 10, uh, which is where she has a fight with Titania. And it's also the Titania origin issue where oh, cool. yeah, you see a meager little girl by the name of Skeeter. <laughs> Uh, who was harassed her whole life, finally gets some superpowers from a Skeeter. Probably because her name is Skeeter. Uh, Dr. That's only a Doug character. That's the only time I've ever heard Skeeter. (laughs) Yeah, Skeeter Valentine. (laughs) I have two friends by the name of Scooter, by the way. Scooter. Scooter, yeah. I have two Scooters in my life. They're both great guys. And at one point in time, we were on a softball team where both of them were on the team, and it got very confusing um <laughs> yeah so in the ba- in the back of this boba cafe um this guy has a bunch of uh knockoff avengers yeah. yeah yeah did you catch the uh the hulk morat uh mashup on no he's mustache yeah yeah he's, he's got a he's got a mustache and he's got uh, that fucking swimsuit that he wears pretty much oh that's amazing <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> Thor's got a shovel. The Captain America looks like NFL Super Pro. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, I didn't catch the NFL Super Pro. Yeah, but I, like barely, I think it's just because NFL Super Pro is also red, white, and blue. But True. It, it, it's got some. It's got some some attention. When Marvel was bought by Toy Biz in the late 80s early 90s toy biz also owned tops right so they were the official card licensing company for the nfl which also went into publication rights for the nfl brand but not the nfl players because then they would have to license the individual players names which would cost too much so marvel comics invented the character the nfl super pro who was running around marvel comics for a good isn't he just like a kid who gets like super or he gets like football powers or something yeah yeah that's exactly what he is <laughs> okay i wanted to make sure he's like kid yeah. gets super bowl powers yeah it but sounds like, dumb when you say it like that but yeah, i'm sure that it's oh nfl super pro dumb yeah yeah does it sound as dumb as uh a kid who just gets bitten by a spider and turns into a spider-man or something you know what i mean it's bitten by a radioactive football (laughs) (laughs) the kingpin (laughs) dunks a football in some toxic goo throws it into the sewer and turns some turtles into football players um to fight the super shredder um (laughs) 
Yeah, and, but that that stuff went kaputs after the bankruptcy, and they lost the rights to it. At one point in time, though, Marvel also published WWF comics. I think, right? Oh, Mar- Marvel did. Yeah, everything. yeah, they've done some of that. I think Marvel did uh, everything. GI Joe, Transformers. There's a Billy Ray Cyrus comic that they put out. It's yeah, yeah, DC yeah. Did it, KFC and Green Lantern. That was a <laughs> I didn't know about the KFC one. No, yeah, Green Lantern teams up with the Colonel. It's an interesting oh, wow. story. <laughs> Amazing. Does, does he give Hal Jordan the the thirty seven secret uh, I don't, spices? No, I don't remember, <laughs> but I know that like he, Colonel gets a Green Lantern ring, so that's fun. Interesting. Imagine the thirty seven the what however many spices it is it's are actually like <laughs> yeah one spice is hope one spice is <laughs> is rage one spice is fear. All right, Jeff Johns, relax. Yeah, ex- yeah, Jeff, John, <laughs> Jeff Johns, right. <writing> <laughs> Dr. Manhattan shows up and explains the entire thing eventually. Instead of calling it the brightest day, they call it like, oh man, I have no joke. Extra crispy. Extra crispy day. <laughs> Extra crispy would be a good X Men character's name. You know what I mean? Marvel presents Extra Crispy. <laughs> Pug is having a lot of fun uh, trying on this guy's stuff. Oh, He's yeah, he he loves the Avengers bits. Yeah. He, he's having a good time. Um, Nikki obviously knows this isn't the real guy. So they get the real guy's information and Pug and Nikki go to uh, make an appointment with this superhero fashion designer, which they inevitably get by lying to him and saying that she they represent. Avenger. Yeah, she's an Avenger. Um, I really you, uh, like Pug and Nikki this whole episode. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I noticed a recurring theme of uh, the sporting characters making the super suit for our various heroes of late. Hey, man. Still I have. Still Without being asked. So Nikki it's... and Pugs could run, okay? <laughs> well, we had um, still the... Netflix stuff. <laughs> oh, one can hold. We had uh, in Hawkeye the LARPers, right, Travis? Yes. Oh, yeah, yes. yeah, the LARPers. Hey, Bishop commissions it because Hawkeye doesn't want to. Uh, then uh, Kamala's mother... Uh, Oh yeah, Kamala's mother sews the the costume. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we have this recurring theme. When they said that there was a superhero um like Taylor, did you guys think that this was gonna be Melvin Potter? There's an X-Men guy who's a super uh dude. Oh yeah, really? Yeah, 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 the like, uh, Hellfire Gala stuff, right? Yeah, he's a, he makes all the X Men costumes. He's got like six hands. It's <laughs> pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, I can't think of his name, but yeah, I know who you're talking yeah. about. I'll look I, uh, real quick. Uh, it not being Melvin Potter, I guess, is an argument for the Netflix shows not being canon anymore, probably mm-hmm. because of what we see later on. Stuff or well, just. I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, no, it's, uh, no, just because we see later on, spoilers, that Daredevil's helmet is here. Oh, yeah, and so, yeah, yeah, And Melvin's one putting together all of Daredevil's gear, so. Yeah, that was from, uh, the Netflix stuff. A uh, Jumbo yeah, Formation, yeah. or X-Jumbo, is, yeah, yeah. uh, the character from X-Men. He's just this big, bald <laughs> dude that's got six arms and makes clothes. <laughs> or four arms, I'm sorry, but still. He, Jumbo Carnation, very cool. He's a Goro. Yeah, he's a he's a Mutaro. Yeah, he's a Kintaro, the cat one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we went through the whole Goro family dynasty. Maybe it was like two or three weeks ago. That was the last episode. I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it might have been every episode ever, and it's I just can't back. never. It's a callback. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Retire bit, retire bit. Oh, retire um, Goro bit? Okay. Yeah, yeah, we're going to retire Mutaro, not Goro, just Mutaro. Okay, just the Minotaur one, we got it. Just the Minotaur guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, back at the office, Holloway is like scolding Jen about all the Titania stuff because he oh, saw he an advertisement. <laughs> yeah, he saw an advertisement for uh, like a booty pump milkshake or something. Oh, yeah, he's like, what's this venti booty pump thing? And she's like, what? <laughs> Holloway has not been a jerk yet. He's it's kind funny. of a dick in this one. He's real nice in the Dan slot run. He's really spaced out, but he's kind of a prick now, which I don't really mind. Like having an antagonistic boss is like part for the course with sitcom well, shit. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So to fix this stuff, Jen's then appointed uh, Mallory. What's her last name? Book. Book. I don't Mallory yeah Simpson. yeah well Mallory book is a comic book character she's kind of like an antagonistic yeah, uh lawyer for for Jennifer Walters in the comics mm-hmm. who often takes on the cases of supervillains just to piss Jen off um oh, in that. yeah yeah in this episode like she starts off you kind of get this rivalry vibe from them while she's taking the case initially and it is teased a bit but by the end of this episode they they are friends oh, isn't um she in the first two episodes or one of the two episodes she pops up real quick yeah yeah she's sort of in and out yeah she's like mad that jen got a job at holloway's firm because she's shield i think yes yeah yeah so when defending why she didn't trademark her name, she mentioned why she would have to when characters like Doctor Strange and Thor won't have to. And I like how Melody <laughs> looks like. Those are their real names, by the way. Good. Yeah, like Doctor yeah. Stephen Strange is Doctor Strange. Okay. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> she names like the three heroes that all have their actual names. And it's like, really? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then they go on a tangent about how, uh, Jane Foster can't be a Thor because yeah, Thor is his name. And it's, yeah, yeah. Oh, but she's mighty. It's different. Yeah, imagine. Yeah, yeah, totally different. Totally different. Yeah, she's the mighty Thor, but she also oh. di- she dies in the same movie she's in, so it's fine. Doesn't count. Oh, yeah. She gets cancer before. Yeah, yeah, she gets cancer before. Yeah, before she can be sued, she gets cancer. So yeah, it's so just they actually can't, they can't, like uh, add insult to injury. Yeah, the best and worst timing. Having to pay your legal fees versus paying your medical bills would have been a pretty nice little mini series. She could have ended up making meth in a van like Walter yeah, yeah. White to pay for it. We could have had Breaking Bad with uh, Jane Foster. That would have been pretty Jane fun. Foster and Valkyrie, or Jane Foster and Cat Dennings. That'd be fun. Oh yeah, <laughs> Darcy the Duck. <laughs> Darcy fucking being the Jesse Pinkman of the group yeah. while uh, Natalie Portman cooked meth for her and wore a top yeah. hat. It's like, come on, that would bitch. Have... <laughs> Metro's got yeah, some the... legs. That's a chance. Yeah. All right. We we shouldn't have put that in the into the into the universe. We should sidebar about this off, <laughs> off microphone. We'll talk to Marvel later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I say trademark at the end of it, they can't steal our ideas, oh, right? If I, I I can mail this podcast to myself and yeah, and that'll yeah, be, that's how that works, yeah, right? Yeah, like LLC on it. It'll be fine. Yeah, I heard that in kindergarten, so I know it's true. <laughs> <laughs> so in court, Titania greets uh, She-Hulk by mocking her clothes and calling her Shrek, which we had mentioned before. Mm-hmm. Um, the CGI here is wonky on Jen. She does look hey, like Shrek. It's always a little... So every time she turns into the She-Hulk, man, except for the first episode when she's with Bruce, it's just like... 
But it's okay. It's a TV show. Yeah, play. yeah. You kind of have to grade it on a, a scale. It's not movie yeah. quality. It's Maybe better than Agent of Shields for sure. Yes, yes. I'll, I'll, I'll let it slide. Mm-hmm. Is it as good as Ghost Rider was in Agents of oh, Shield? Ghost Rider is a different story. We don't talk. Yeah, about that's that. not Ghost emulating a human <laughs> face. It's a skull with fire on it. It's the yeah. uh-huh. uh-huh. thing ever. Bueno. It doesn't. It doesn't emote and things like that. Uh, that's true. It doesn't yeah. have hair. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. have hair. <laughs> the big curly hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the CGI, especially when she's like moving, is is the stuff that kind of. Do they have an onset reference for She Hulk? Her name is Malia Araya. Well, I've uh, yeah. seen some. She looks pretty similar, except the face obviously is Tatiana's. I've seen some motion capture of Tatiana doing it, where she's kind of just on an apple box, so people mm-hmm. like have a point of view of where to look yeah. at and. And well, she's doing the performance. Yeah, what's her face? Nick, uh, Ginger Nikki was talking about how um, talking, doing the She-Hulk scenes, she would be staring at Tatiana's face, and it would be directly at She-Hulk's boobs, so they'd have to f- skew it back around. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's why she's standing on apple crates and stuff, because they kept talking to her face, but it was She-Hulk's boobs. That's amazing. <laughs> so, so Jen Walter's case is initially built around the public calling... Or coining the term of She Hulk yeah, for Jen. The, the guy who gave Hulk his name, too. Yeah, exactly. The but guy. the defense, Titania, or Titania, rather, sorry, um, argues that Jen was never interested in this name until it became associated with the Tatiana brand and this case. So the main plot of this episode now becomes Jen needing to prove to the judge how she personally used intentionally and embraces the name She-Hulk. Um, yeah. Now we get back to the sitcom B plot where Nikki brings Jen to this fashion designer who is not Melvin Potter. This is also not the frogman, but, we're introduced to this character, Luke Jacobson, who is a comic book character debuting in the pages of Dakota North back in 1985. Here it is, guys. As they enter this designer's studio, there's a gentleman getting a new costume, walking out with it over his shoulder. You barely see him. It's very brief. Right. And I'm thinking like, oh, that has to be some sort of superhero. Right. Because he yeah, yeah. yeah, he's buying merchandise from this superhero fashion designer. And in the end credits, I looked up who the actor was playing Frogman. And I found out that that actor is the guy who is walking out at is that time. Is there an actor that was labeled to play the Frogman? I there is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, there is. Um Fuck, I probably should have written that down, but uh, you can trust me, guys. So this is 100%. So you're telling me there's a person, but you're not telling me who it is? I love that. Thank you. I am telling you that there's a person. Here, I'll look it up right now. Dead air. <laughs> who is playing the frog man? Is it Donnie Blaze? No. It's- <laughs> is it, is it um, Thunderball, who wasn't a black guy? No, his oh, name yeah, is yeah. Brandon Stanley. Brandon Stanley. I don't know. Oh, look, here's an article on the direct. She Hulk episode five secretly debuted 
one new superhero you probably missed and it's all about my theory see the internet's doing it i stay away from these articles uh <laughs> because i'm like terrified that i will regurgitate things and i don't want to be a copycat Eugene patilio yeah i i don't want to be a, a copycat so, so yeah this stanley plays eugene patilio you think that's him that is him. That That is him walking out of this fashion designer's office. And we secretly got the debut of the Frogman right here. So there it is. I do like how there yeah, is. is the hoppity hopper. That's it. Yeah. If you guys see what Luke Jacobson in the comics looks like, it's pretty hilarious because he straight up just looks like Fabio, this character. <laughs> yeah, he's an interesting character. And then they got um Griffin Matthews to play him. I who I like. I like this guy's shtick. It's very stereotypical, like fashion darling kind of mm-hmm. bullshit. You know what I mean? Um, but I I like all of this very very much oh, yeah, um the secret little fashion designer thing is super cool yeah unfortunately thing, okay unfortunately it's cool or unfortunately no else to unfortunately <laughs> them teasing out this whole costume thing and knowing that we aren't going to see <laughs> she hulk in a costume had me thinking the entire time of poor travis and how he's always right and upset that they <laughs> don't show us these fucking characters in their cool costumes and they okay. make it like this build-up it's well, like got yeah, day well, one, so that was cool if it looked better, it would have been. <laughs> no, <laughs> Moon Knight. Moon Knight looks cool some of the time. Uh, yeah, like the designer, but it's really cool. But the CGI on it, I just don't understand why they go more practical with it. Mm-hmm. Because there was a practical fucking. Suit. Yeah, they have a practical suit that they run around with, and it's like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't understand why they didn't have that, and then just animate the fucking cape. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, either way, either way, <laughs> I it's just very predictable. We're not going to see it until the final episode. I, I hope I'm, I'm hoping we wrong, get it but... in the next episode with her Daredevil and the Frogman, but we'll see. Yeah, I'm hoping we'll we see get Daredevil. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, there's no guarantee. Jeez, People are going to be fucking furious if we don't get Daredevil next episode. So it's going to be like surprised he wasn't in this one. <laughs> yeah, one of the things I was kind of surprised by, I guess, if this was Phase One, all of these costumes we saw in the background would have probably been Easter eggs. <laughs> Sure. To other characters, but I guess they don't really want to burn any fucking. Oh yeah, yeah. Like they, they don't yeah. want to show anybody. They were just like yeah. generic costumes. I was like, oh lame. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like we didn't see like Doom's face mask or anything like that, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we did see a very um, hard nippled like mannequin mouth. <laughs> Did you guys notice that? <laughs> I did not notice the nipples. I, yeah, I did not. I did not. So, yeah. A lot of those mannequins in JC Penny have hard nipples, though, so it makes it checks out. Uh, they do. That's why I'm not allowed back at JC Penny. Um, <laughs> trying to milk the teeth. They yeah. were asking for it. I look how they were dressed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just flick a like, flick the bean bags walking down the aisles like. Doo, doo, doo. Yeah. They didn't say no, right? Yeah. <laughs> Eventually, the staff did, unfortunately. Yeah. So. <laughs> staff will always get you. Uh, um, the uh, Luke Jacobson character, as he's like talking, he like briskly like wipes his hand down this like very hard nippled suit that did remind me of the uh the batman (laughs) costumes yeah 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 again like you were saying like i tried so hard today to look for easter eggs here because marvel has programmed me to be a fucking neurotic psychopath with (laughs) 
license plates, mm-hmm. house numbers, all those things. Like, I didn't even bring it up, guys. But when Jen is driving in her Prius before she sees the fucking billboard for the uh, Titania ad, the She-Hulk by Titania ad, mm-hmm. I paused it, looked at her license plate number, and then found a Marvel Earth designation with that license plate number that was part of a what if comic that was what if the Marvel heroes lost the Atlas attacks, Atlantis attacks events and, and that seven headed serpent sept, I think was its name. Set. Yes. And set one and then took all the hot female Marvel characters (laughs) led by she Hulk and turned them into the wives of set or the seven wives or something along those lines. And then I started drawing fucking my conspiracy board fucking shoestring shit before where i was like well emil bromsky had seven wives and there were seven wives in this what if comic and why would marvel put an easter egg in there if it didn't mean something and then i'm thinking they probably just put that easter egg in there because it was a comic where she hulk was the main character once upon a time you know besides her runs there's like no big like fantastic four she pops up a lot but she does it's like She replaced yeah. uh, Ben Grimm after he was cucked by Johnny Storm. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think of the John Byrne run always is that uh, sure. he's just growing up and then just having recently read the thing finally, and it holds up very well, surprisingly. So much better than the other comedy oriented comics that people look back on finally, like I fondly rather, like you think of, um, what is it, Joe Casey's. Uh, Deadpool. That's the other one that I like. Don't think holds up very well. Is it Joe Casey? Well, uh, Joe Kelly. Uh, Joe Kelly. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Way was the only other Deadpool that I know. He, what, you're not a fan of? He's a famous ruiner of Deadpool. <laughs> <laughs> I just yeah. know he did Hit Monkey, and I'm okay with Hit Monkey. So. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Daniel Way is the one that made him completely just. He, instead of doing supporting characters, he just had voices in his head and made him a complete clown. And then they uh, did Hit Monkey. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know from a hit monkey, but yes. I'm more of like a detective chimp guy than than a hit monkey, <laughs> but I'm I'm famously more of a DC guy than I am a Marvel guy. I'm famously more a Howard the Duck guy for my You are Abram. a big Howard the Duck guy. Dude, I finally you... got the final complete collection and I like creamed my jeans because I got it for cover <laughs> price. Whoa. That, look at that you. book is like ninety dollars on Amazon. And I know oh, that's wow. not too much, but for a book that's supposed to cost thirty dollars, that's a lot. So I found yeah, it at that, my new local store for 30 and I was like, oh, my God. Very cool. That is cool. It doesn't include the uh, Steve Gerber, like, it's, original run? It's all the Steve Gerber books. It's all the Howard the Duck magazines. It's the fourth cop. The fourth one is all his team ups. So it's like Spider-Man and stuff. And Man-Thing, of course. Man-Thing, yeah. I got, I got my big Man-Thing omnibus. I got my giant size Man-Thing. That's amazing. I am a huge Man Thing fan, and dude, I'm, when he showed up in that trailer, I almost creamed my jeans again. Yeah, <laughs> I was serious? ecstatic. I, I was ecstatic. I, that that oh, oh, I finally watched the Man Thing movie. By the way, it's terrible. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> it's so bad. I was hyping it up in my head to be not terrible, and then I watched it, and I was like, ooh. Not good. It's it's on Tubi right now. It sponsor is, of the podcast, Tubi. Yep. Um, the first five seconds have um big nineties boobs. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, I can't show. I was like, I'm gonna show my kids all their Marvel movies, and then I was like, can't show my kids this one. At least not until they're older. With this boobs. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty bad, and it's funny because it's like there was no need for a man thing movie at that very specific. Two thousand five. 
Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I why? Understand, like, right off the the heat of Howard the Duck, you do a man thing because they're both Gerber. But well, no, nope, right, 2005. <laughs> right off the heat of Wes Craven Swamp Thing is when you do man thing. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Swamp Thing wasn't a big hit, but like it had cultural relevance. Like Swamp Thing is what got me into Swamp Thing. Like I was a little kid who liked <laughs> horror movies and I and I knew the Swamp Thing movie. And there was also a USA television series called Swamp oh, yeah. Thing. Mm-hmm. And I, I still um, want to watch that DC Universe CW one, but. Oh, it's actually kind of good. Um, yeah, it just got canceled because of yikes. So. Yeah, the. Um, Main actress, Crystal Reed, is very attractive. And I have a story that I will tell you offline where (laughs) someone I know thinks that they have a shot with that actress for reasons. Doubt. Well, they're a celebrity uh, acupuncturist who comes to my house and uh, watches MMA because he went to high school with uh, my housemate. Ah. And one day he's like reading an email and he's like, Oh, I just got an email from this chick. Um, she's really hot. I think I'm going to ask her out. And he's like, you actually might know her. She's in this trash that you like uh swamp thing. And I was <laughs> like, Oh, trash. I love swamp thing. <laughs> yeah. 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 They all make fun of me because they come over to like watch MMA. And I was like, want to see something cool. And it's like a fantastic four comic or something. <laughs> <laughs> you know I mean? You're the nerd in the sports group. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, um, and yeah, he's telling me how he's like going to shoot his shit with crystal Reed. And Amen. I was like, Good luck, buddy. Yeah. Um, you know, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, so man yeah. thing, Steve yeah, Gerber, man thing, man. frogman, yeah. let's get back frogman <laughs> back at the office. Um, Mallory is in, me- in a meeting, rather, or leaving a meeting, rather, with the dude, the sweaty dude who had gone on the Tinder date Aww. with Jen. So, why would this guy be a a frequent customer, client. a frequent client, like, yeah, a big yeah. client. And I'm like, "What are you doing, harassing people? Like, yeah, sexual yeah, yeah, harassment lawsuits or something? <laughs> Calling people specimen, thinking getting away with it? Like, what's going on?" Yeah, and she, Mallory Book, is a prosecuting attorney and not a defense attorney. So if he's a client, it means he's going after. Oh, okay, fair enough. Superheroes, but she strictly works for. A superhero law division, which means he's somehow affiliated with like superpowered individuals. So, like again, I see where you could have thought that he was the frogman. Part of me thinks that he's working for the guys who were trying to get her blood, who hired the wrecking power crew, pack. Yeah. Oh, the wrecking crew, the power, power pack. pack. Sorry, <laughs> bunch of trying to steal blood. Whatever. I can't wait yeah. for the power pack to come into the MCU. That's gonna be crazy. Well, there was a Power Pack uh, canceled pilot back in the 90s. It's on YouTube. They should do a special presentation for the Power Pack, similar to the Werewolf by Night. I think if this Werewolf by Night thing is really popular, I think they're going to take a bunch of nobody characters and make one-shots. I think that's a great idea. Oh, like the Moon Knight fucking TV show? Like, they're already <laughs> going to be doing that. Well, you know? no, but Moon, Knight's Moon Knight's a bigger than character than Night. Night. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking, like, if Man-Thing's in this, maybe Man-Thing will get his giant-sized special presentation. Yeah. Um, Jack of Hearts. Uh, Jack of Hearts, that'd be yeah. a cool one. <laughs> it's a 40-minute special. Ties the into Stilt- the Train stick movie. Let it go. Let's go. Stilt- Stiltman Origins. Oh, uh, yeah, dude. Yeah. Uh, Something along those Punisher, lines. So they can go a little rated R because obviously this new werewolf by night thing looks pretty gory. So, yeah, I think that's one of the reasons that they did it in black and white. Yeah. Was to, yeah. Yeah. They can hide the blood a little bit. They're like, ah, it's goo. It's like <laughs> Kill Bill whenever it goes to black and white. It's to keep from getting uh, an X rating or whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
NC-17. I was, I was just about to bring that up because um, I saw, because I don't know if you know this, Hunter, but there's uh, that that's why those fights with the Yakuza with the Crazy 88 cuts to black and white because, like, the ratings board was like, no fucking way. <laughs> yeah, cool. yeah. Yeah, so there's a um, there's an edition of Kill Bill that never came out in the United States for for home video called the Whole Bloody Affair, which has the colorized version, um, which did have like a limited. That didn't actually get released anywhere else. That's like a fan edit thing. I own the the Japanese cut, which has the color version that they used to cobble together this whole bloody affair. So do you have to watch it on a region free player? Yeah, it's a they it didn't come out on Blu-ray. It's just a DVD. So Interesting. Annoying. Yeah. Yeah. There there's some minor differences throughout, but the the big thing is the crazy eighty eight fight stays in color the entire time. I I saw like they did a roadshow presentation of the whole bloody affair mm-hmm. where like they had some old guy in like a tuxedo fucking wheel around a 70 millimeter print of it. You know what I mean? Um, it had an intermission. It was kind of cool. And they gave you like a little playbill and, and I got to see it in theaters. Yeah. Oh, I, it took the playbill somewhere. It, uh, probably I lose those things like crazy, but, uh-huh. um, I, I, I saw the hateful eight in roadshow oh, format. Yeah, me too. And I want to watch that extended thing that they put on Netflix, but I'm just like, it's a long movie and this is longer, so yikes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm in the same boat there where I've started it and it's just taking me forever to get through it because it's, it's like four now. episodes and each one's like an hour and I'm like, Christ, it's the Snyder yeah. Cut all over again. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's not the Schneider cut. At least it doesn't have God and monster talk and <laughs> jars of piss and shit oh, like but that. They do talk about, uh, you know, big black dicks. So, oh yeah, assault. they do. Grain of salt. <laughs> you know, Sammy Jackson that one. Yeah, they do say the N word a lot. So well, maybe that's it isn't Tarantino actually. Gets a pass because I guess he works with Samuel Jackson. So it works. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I'm a. Uh, binge watching succession now um which i was telling you guys offline it's it's wonderful no the reason the reason why it's relevant is because holly hunter just showed up in it and i kept Ah. thinking goddamn holly hunter is a fucking treasure she is the absolute best and Fuck Zack Schneider for putting her in fucking Man of Steel. Like, yeah, she said yes to it. You know what I mean? Same way, like, Francis McDormand and John Malkovich said yes to those Transformer movies. You know what I mean? But still, like, Holly Hunter had a jar of piss explode in her face in a Superman movie. Grandma's peach tea or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like a bummer that like that was probably the movie that this amazing actress was in that made the most money. And it's just like, it's such shite. You know what I mean? <laughs> it, but Holly Hunter's great succession rules. Also, um, another X-Men villain, another comic book character. Uh, Brian Cox is in it. And didn't he play like William Stryker in those X-Men movies I back in the yes, day? Yes, he did. Probably. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Travis, have you ever seen LIE with Brian Juggernaut? Whoa. Okay. LIE is a good little indie movie from like the late 90s where Brian Cox plays like this guy who stops on Long Island Expressway rest stops to like get hand jobs from like (laughs) uh gay truckers and he's like a serial killer. (laughs) Yeah. And it's it's just like one of those like 
kind of Sundance movies that like I always really liked, you know yeah, what I mean? But it's a very it's, it's got that 90s Miramax vibe that uh, like yeah, I, I just really like am such a sucker for. Um yeah, that striker character was supposed to be Juggernaut in the X Men films. That's so weird yeah, because it was uh, in- Days of Future Past. Is that what you're talking about? Or is this no, 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 oh, okay. X Men too. Oh my bad. I thought you talking about the new striker. The new striker was supposed to be Juggernaut, and they ended up making a striker. Oh, yeah. I see. No, he Brian Cox. Younger one. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Bri- Brian Cox was the old man one in X Two because. Strikers had like two comic book appearances ever, but they somehow made him like the big bad of like Striker? that giant franchise. He's had to have, right? He was in Godman. God, uh, God loves man kills. That's like the big one, I would think. Uh, yeah, which is forty-eight pages long and came out in nineteen eighty-two, <laughs> and then he didn't appear in a comic until like two thousand six when X two came out. Oh wow! Yeah. But they like made him, you know, he's in Wolverine X-Men Origins, he's in fucking Days of Futures Past, he's in like all the movies. It's just very weird that they made him the big bad. But I do love Brian Cox. And Paul Dano's he, in the LIE. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. <laughs> I'm looking it up now because that hand job killer thing sounds cool. I'm like, Paul Dano. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's a very Long Island movie hunter. It'll make you oh, nostalgic for home. Oh, yeah. yeah. It'll make you want to move yeah. back. <laughs> It'll make you want to move back just to get those unanimous blowjobs on the side of the expressway. You know what I'm saying? So after seeing this date gone wrong, this ultimately gives Jen the strategy that she'll use in her court case. So she'll knowing she knowingly and willingly identified as she Hulk to set a thirst trap on a dating platform after unsuccessfully getting dates as this movie star. That is as a smoke show show. as a successful lawyer smoke show. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. So so this is ultimately how she's going to win the case. The brilliant idea to humiliate herself in public comes into her head. Um, Yeah, so she has to call all of her dates to trial to stand as witnesses. And And they all show up, which is really cool. That is kind of cool. Except for the one guy from the Jennifer Walters date, but that's, you know, not relevant. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, so Mallory is shown reading aloud from She-Hulk's dating profile, um, which was pretty funny and super hot when it says, uh, what are you looking for in a partner? And it says a sturdy back and a reinforced king size bed. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, all right, a little, uh, hot and heavy with those comments. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the step on me. She Hulk sign me up, baby stuff. That that, was like Nikki's doing though. Right. Didn't Nikki set up the profile of she Hulk? No, she said she she offered and did some swiping. But other than that, I think it was all Jen. So Jen knows what's up. Yeah. Also, in the first episode, Hulk said, like, first step, you got to reinforce all your furniture. So maybe she meant it from, like, a practical standpoint. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. She's like, I don't want to ruin your bed, but it's going to happen. She did rock your bed, transforming into She-Hulk. So, yeah. Yes. Mm. And she's going to rock the house because she's a 10-foot-tall Hulk person. Um <laughs> Uh, they also reference the the news interview from episode three um, when arguing how how Jen has embraced the She Hulk name prior to Titania's copyright 
claim. So all of She-Hulk's dates now testify, including the hot doctor, child cancer doctor dude who who left her after uh, seeing her in gen form. I think it was saying, you guys talking about it, but you guys made a funny point where it's like, of course, that's what you would say to ask no questions. Like, yeah, I'm a no child sh- cancer doctor. Don't talk about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that was you. <laughs> that is the most heroic kind of doctor that yeah. you can like say you know what i mean constant misery at work uh, i'm doing god's work leave me be kind of stuff and i mean leaves movie stars sitting in just a big shirt whatever yeah yeah exactly (laughs) she's not my type Uh uh-huh well that's what he says he says jen isn't his type but that she hulk is incredible you guys get it because no, yeah. what does that mean? Oh, yeah. confirmed. <laughs> well, no, it's the Incredible Hulk, right? Not familiar. Yeah. Okay. They should have said she's sensational, is all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. That would have been wonderful. Been a good one. That would have been a great... Or she's a savage. Ooh, mm. savage. Mm-hmm. She's, I mean, let's have Megan Thee Stallion call her savage. That's true. That's true. I saw a uh, Instagram post, because I follow Megan Thee Stallion today, where... She's like sticking her ass in some guy's face, like like doggy style, while he's like playing video games on her butt crack. And I was like, making this down, and you're the best. Um, She gets it. She's very meta with her cameo, so I love that too. I did too. I would kill for you, Megan the Stallion. I'm I've always been a fan of like the big popular raunchy female rapper, like my entire life. Like I, I loved Nicki Minaj. Like the first time I ever heard Kanye's monster, I was like, who the hell is that? Cause I, I, I liked Lil Kim before that, mm-hmm. you know, I liked Faith Evans. I like uh gangster boo from the three, six mafia mm-hmm. a lot. I, I always liked the like real raunchy, like rapper like woman. Uh, I like Lizzo a lot. I wouldn't call her so much like raunchy as just like a really good pop star, but like, juice rips like that song rips so hard and uh i love saying um when people ask how i'm feeling i like saying good as hell because i think it's really funny yeah my mom loves that song too you know what i mean um yeah so after jen's victorious uh winning ruling titania storms out vowing revenge um and Jen's uh, first well, date, the <laughs> yeah, like the I'll get you my pretty shit. But but the first date, the MMA wrestler is is hitting on Titania, which I thought was kind of a nice oh, yeah, little touch. That's his type. Big, big mm-hmm. woman. She goes, you can and, buy me stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can buy me things, even though she's probably got way more money than he does. You, you know, know what I'm for saying? Sure, being a social you know, more. and like entrepreneur. Sure. Yeah, and we all like free stuff. Successful, you know. Of course. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it's like um the episode with what's his face Bukowski, where Cardi B, weird Asgardian elf, was like, "Yeah, I'll take free stuff. Give me whatever." Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's Megan the Stallion, not Cardi B. We were just talking oh, I'm about sorry, it. Megan the Stallion. <laughs> they all came Cardi B. At the same time. I'm bad with this. Card- well, they both had WAP, and Cardi B was in the other greatest franchise of all time, uh, Fast and Furious. Um, yeah, <laughs> she had uh, her small cameo in F9, so which confused 10 and 11, though. It's fine. 
it confused my mother so badly when we saw that movie. Well, she's like, I had no idea Cardi B was a character because that movie's full of like the moment where the character everybody loves like walks into a room and it like pauses for like Mm -hmm. 10 seconds while the audience claps. You know what I mean? (laughs) And then Cardi B just randomly shows up and my mom's like, who is that? Because she kept asking like, who's this person? Who's that person? And I had to like pause and who's Han. Yeah. That was a big one where I had to be like, so they killed this guy in the third one. And then he showed up in the fourth one. And we found out that the third one was actually the seventh one. And the seventh one is actually the eighth one. And the timeline makes no sense. They give everyone amnesia. They have a tendency to bring people back from the dead. So who I think would be great to come back now that we have Han. She's huge. Now we have Han back. Her and Han had that relationship. Um, that was like sincerely cool. Like in my opinion, like Han is the coolest character in that. It's awesome that he got the hottest chick. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they had to, I think we needed to fight was fun with her. Oh Oh, no, that, that was uh, Michelle Rodriguez, the Ronda Rousey fight. No, it's fine. It's fine. That first and the fast and furious. (laughs) I got to rewatch them all. We joke, Travis, uh, Hunter wants to draft because James did the draft. Um, <laughs> which Fast and the Furious actors would we recast uh, into the Marvel Cinematic from the Universe? Yeah, yeah. Cast from the beginning. Cast Captain America, but it's only yeah, yeah. Fast and the Furious actors. Yeah. So we can use we, Kurt Russell, you know. Can yeah, we can. <laughs> and, and Vin Diesel was yeah. Groot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Guardians in, The Rock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um Rock is Hulk, I, no CGI. <laughs> yeah, Ty- Tyrese Gibson would be a pretty good uh would but be a pretty good other Marvel movie. Yes, which we cannot talk He's about so right now. <laughs> he is pretty good. He did have a metal arm for a reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh so <laughs> She Hulk returns to the designer studio to pick up her clothes. Um we see that um Luke has made her this purple suit, which she tries on. And then he also hands her a little something extra. Travis wants to see. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, this they show is it. Good. Yeah. Yeah. They show it in the teaser or the trailer. Oh, or whatever. I know, so, but like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's all, it's all the merchandise too. We know what it looks like. Yeah, yeah, I've seen the toy. Yeah, it's all the toys, but come on, we need to see it in, on the screen for ourselves. Not just it's like toy. it's like a wrestling singlet, right? Yeah, it looks yeah. like a big old spandexy singlet, which she'll wear what underneath it, her pantsuits or whatever. What it makes me think of is Hulk's Endgame suit. It's like just a, a bodysuit. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Except, Except it like, it's short. Cuts off at, like the shins. Yeah, yeah, it cuts off at the short. So, yeah, yeah. So you can really get that buttocks. I was say, um, got some good buttocks action. So did you guys hear about the She-Hulk footage that they showed at D23? Was it the twerking? No. No, apparently it is She-Hulk in this costume with Daredevil in a fight sequence. Oh, well, that's tight. Yeah. So I didn't really, I, I didn't plan on saying this out loud. So I apologize to anybody who's like really sensitive about like <laughs> spoilers in the future. Um, but if we're led to believe that Daredevil is showing up, not in the finale and in like next week or the following week, we can place bets on She-Hulk actually getting into the costume before the final episode, which would well, be pretty Murdoch cool. supposed to be in two episodes, right? One. Yeah. Yeah. Just one. <laughs> Yikes. So it's probably next week then. 
James. That's what we are all thinking. Oh, this is James, if you have James on for that next week's episode, that's going to be crazy because James is like weird with his Daredevil stuff in the Netflix show. But <laughs> why he to, doesn't like it? I don't, I don't know his full opinion on the show. I just know that he's been scorned by Twitter people that Daredevil is like his worst enemy right now. So, <laughs> oh well. Yeah. I'm curious for our friend James of the Androids Amazing Podcast hot take on why he hates Daredevil so much so he can come on. And I think it's like one of those things that's been graining on him of recent. He does ha- let things get to him too much. That is one <laughs> thing. I am one of those things, so I understand. <laughs> oh, dude, I'm the same way. Like, yeah, I know you. You are the other one of those things. <laughs> I'm like his main source besides like, you know, some of the comic book stuff. You know, yeah, besides like, like <laughs> X-Men and Justice League. Yeah, oh, it's me and you. And the JSA, that's his big thing. I know, we're I know, I know, back, I know. Though, Jeff Johns is in it, so we're good. Uh, hey, he does good I'm, JSA, it's fine. <laughs> I really like his Savage Hawkman run, I will say that. Like that's a one Green nice Lantern. thing. Green Lantern. Yeah, Green. yeah, it went on for way too long, and oh, I sure. liked... I like Tomasi's Green Lantern core book better during the New 52 than Jeff Johns's Green Lantern book. Ooh, that's fair. That's yeah, a little fair. hot it's a take. Good book. It's a good book. It's a good book. It is a good book. The Green Lantern core book was a good book. All Green time. Lantern books are good except for the Grant Morrison one. So I don't know why people don't Ooh. have Green Lantern books. <laughs> Ooh. I like the Grant Morrison Green Lantern book. I thought the I am... first two books were good because he pitched it as a proce- police procedural. That's not the word procedural. Oh, that is a word. Okay. He pitched it as that. And the first two issues were that. And I was like, oh, this is good. And then like issue three was weird with like Green Arrow and like the giant negative versions of them where they're just like the gravity is so heavy. They're just laying there. And then like the whole episode where he's inside the ring and that one where he pretends he's a bad guy. And I'm like, this is just, too, just be a cop. Just be a cop. I love the issue where Green Lantern has to fight his way out of his own Green Lantern ring. I think that's a very Grant it's Morrison a cool thing. Idea, but like, yeah, it, it is a very so cool weird. idea. I was like, okay. I was a big fan. Uh, that <laughs> but that's like. They did that in that Justice book where he goes inside the ring. So, yeah. Back. Yeah. And there's a really cool character who's like an active volcano in that book. Oh, yeah, that guy's tight. He's a good real, he's guy, a volcano man. <laughs> yeah, he's a giant volcano person, and I think that is pretty- I think he did really good with the aliens, though. Him and Liam Sharp. That's the mm-hmm. one thing I'll say that was great about that. I was tangent. Great about that book was all the aliens. Like, it wasn't just John Stewart, Guy Gardner, and Kilowog. It was like so many different aliens. Volcano man, frog man, ghost man. Mm-hmm. Like, it was cool. Yeah, Morrison loves his weird sci-fi 50s, uh, like, Silver Age stuff, um, which kind of, like, drove people crazy during his Batman, Batman run. Yeah, the, yeah. Aunt crazy enough to where Aunt complained to Dan DiDio, and to, oh, this yeah. day, to this day, Aunt thinks he got that book canceled. So, Travis, <laughs> the owner of Androids loves Batman and hated the Grant Morrison run so much. He's told me that he shouldn't have to have an encyclopedic knowledge of Batman to enjoy reading Batman. And I tell him, you definitely should. That's what Wikipedia is for. (laughs) And you don't know what you're talking about. But he flew to San Diego Comic-Con, met with Dan DiDio at some retailers thing and told him how much it infuriated him. And then it got canceled like a couple weeks later. And it was him. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, it was me. I'm like, uh-huh. I love you, buddy, but 
Yeah. I think it was just overall. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's why I shot him. Um, cause I, <laughs> so uh, the big elephant in the room that we've kind of danced around this entire podcast, uh, this episode cuts out on a not so mysterious helmet. Resting into, we've said it like four times. Yeah, yeah but we yeah, haven't yeah, talked yeah. about how they approached it. It's in one of those really cool like hat boxes that they I've never had. Confidentiality or whatever, like Dr. Patient. I was like, okay. Well, yeah, I kind of like that. I kind of like that client confidentiality oh, thing like because it, it it's a nice subtle way of saying like, oh, Daredevil still has a secret identity. Yeah, secret identities. Maybe you do work for villains. It is what it is. Yeah, yeah. I also think the uh, yellow makes more sense with this guy making it. And then, yeah. <laughs> question: Do you guys think that we're gonna see Daredevil fighting the Frogman, and then She Hulk shows up and thinks Daredevil's the bad guy because he's like a bad guy? His suit's got horns on it. And then they fight hmm. Frogman gets yeah, away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I remember the Frogman fight scene, a little. it looks like he's flying away from like a parking lot area. And it looks like they're fighting in a parking lot. Or at least that scene where he lands into the thing. So mm-hmm. maybe the Frogman's there. And it's like a nice little superhero fight. Yeah, I think it's quite likely. Yeah. I more people fighting. I am <laughs> curious why and how Daredevil got this guy to do it. Like, he probably represented him as a lawyer or something. Yeah, and yeah. was like, yeah, I'm Daredevil, by the way. <laughs> 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 just casually, man, just, I'm Daredevil. Yeah. Hello, stranger who I can't see and don't know who you are. <laughs> we would uh, we would joke, Hunter, that uh, it would make sense that the yellow costume was designed by a blind man. Yeah, because um, it's terrible. <laughs> yeah, because it looks so bad. Um. It didn't look as bad here. Granted, we didn't see it in action. Well, or also, anything. because it's like the it's the armor from Netflix, but yellow. So, like, we know what the look works. Yes, yes. Just the colors are different. And if this Daredevil truly is not a continuation of the Netflix show, and what Charlie Cox has hinted at it being like, mm-hmm. this is not Daredevil season four. This is Daredevil season born one. Again, this is, baby. yeah, mm-hmm. born again. Um, in the comics, Daredevil originated in that Stanley run in a yellow costume. Yeah, so yeah, sure, this is, if this is like day one being a superhero, then yeah, he's gonna have the ugly yellow costume. It is what it is. <laughs> I liked Ninja Daredevil though. I know a lot of people complained about it. Oh, when um, he had the uh, the black the Netflix stuff where he had like, the black suit. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Yeah, yeah, it, it makes sense. It made was- an easy Halloween costume for me that year. <laughs> <laughs> it was black stuff in a headband. It was really- yeah, yeah. I, I bought like I bought like cheap pantyhose because you could see through it kind of. Oh, I yeah, wrapped it go. around my eyes. I wore black jeans and a black t-shirt and uh and a cap. And I was like, I'm Daredevil, and it it did the trick. Um <laughs> Yeah. The music here, so like I have a tendency to kind of like listen in on scores and and I, I do a lot of reading and and a lot of when I listen to music with lyrics at my job, I get, cause I type a lot of words and I'm always on a computer. Like I have a tendency to like write what I'm listening to. So I have a tendency to listen to a lot of like movie scores and television scores and, and ambient yeah, music. Like stuff from friend on. of the show, Michael Giancino, right? Like stuff from friend of the show, Michael Giancino. Yes. <laughs> yeah, your favorite guy. Yeah. My, my guy director of uh, werewolf by night. Um, I hope it's good. 
I hope it's good too. I he's hope he just score, doesn't. So. I, I hope he doesn't use the same score that he's used for the past three movies in another fucking movie. He uh, used to be one of my guys, <laughs> and then he got lazy. But I did watch Star Trek 2009, and that score still worked for me the other day. I had it on with the sound bar; it ripped. Yeah. I I I love that score. Um, I don't know the name of the person who's scoring She-Hulk Attorney at Law, and I don't remember the name of the person who scored the Netflix uh, Daredevil show, but I do remember the season finale um, having a piece by the name The Suit, which was this really cool, like, when he debuted and he was on the rooftop. Yeah. Yeah, and it was the same music here <laughs> as as that, so kind of fun hint that, I don't know, the composer was having having a good day, and threw in a little Easter egg for the one person who would probably notice that kind of thing. You know what I mean? The one person who remembers the title of fucking random. The is Amy Doherty. Okay. That's cool. Natalie Holt um, is a female composer who's been working with Marvel quite a bit. Um, she scored uh, Hawkeye and, and Love and Thunder. And it's kind of cool that they have branched out and not just used. Because I find a lot of the same composers working on these big massive projects all the time like mm-hmm. the the Eternals guys the dude who does like Game of Thrones and you know you see the Howard oh, Shores yeah, of the world Gord, Gordonson or something like that who does he's, um, he's, he's the yeah. Yeah, he, yeah. he did something recently for Marvel I think he's doing Black Panther too because he did the first is. one but he's a guy who I can't get enough of though where he's I kind of than me I'm going to contradict myself where I'm like, I'm sick of the same guys getting the same jobs all the time. And, <laughs> and all, everything. Yeah. Except for Ludwig Gorgensen or whatever so his name good. is. He's so the cool. And, score is insane. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> yeah. And the black Panther score is insane. Oh, yeah. And, um, he produces and writes the instrumentals for Donald Glover's childish Gambino projects. And oh, has, since, oh. I don't know about that. Yeah, like he did all the music for Redbone and and going as early back as like the first um, Donald Glover. I am Donald. He probably uh, worked on Atlanta too. He does work on Atlanta. Um, yeah, I, I really like that guy. And again, like you just said, like the Mandalorian score is fucking insane. Yeah, he made the I, Mandalorian I, score when he was twenty four. I, I went like, out, you, man. Like, yeah. I bought a bass recorder off Amazon because I'm so obsessed with uh, the Mandalorian score. There's that cool noise that the and I was like, what instrument is that? And then like I watched like a YouTube video of him where he's like, yeah, I bought this cheap uh, uh, baritone recorder, bass recorder off fucking Amazon. And it's like the recorders that you took like in second grade, but it's like gigantic and it like you have to hold it like a saxophone. Yeah, that and have been I, from the documentary for the gallery for Mando. Yeah, There's it might have been from about the music and Ludwig's there and he's talking about it. And I was like, man. Yeah, he he is the man. Um, he also scored Tenet, uh, because um, what's his name wasn't around. Um, Fuck, Hans Zimmer wasn't around because, oh, yeah, yeah, Zimmer took Dune over Tenet because like he dreamed of doing Dune his whole life. Good choice, yeah, good yeah. choice. Dune, Worked I out for the best. I like that Dune movie. Forrest I, is in it, so the sequel. Yeah, I loved you that Dune movie. Is it going to be called Sandpower? So well. No, I hope it's called Sandpower. It's just called Dune I am, Part Two. I am so surprised that movie did well, Travis. Yeah, it's always going to get no Blade Runner 2049 thing where it's not just a great movie that no one sees. Yeah, I thought it was going to get nuked, especially because they released it on Amazon. Oh, no, I'm sorry, HBO Max. They were just like, here it is. Oh, yeah. 
that was a really powerful theatrical experience for me. Um, oh, like that whole year. Theaters? That's good. I saw it a bunch of times in theaters. Dude, like Blade Runner. Uh, Dune and I already told you I saw Blade yeah. Runner three times before I could stay awake unfortunately but that was for uh, external circumstances that I will not incriminate myself yeah, with I on forgot the who but, I watched Dune with I might have been by myself but I watched all of it and I was like this was good yeah was I went because uh, we oh. have a theater uh, up here Travis that has um, some Dolby sound system inside of it. It's like an Atmos 40X. It's got like, uh, I actually prefer the format to IMAX in certain occasions when I'm seeing a movie specifically for the sound design um, because you get the full Atmos experience oh, with it. Island? Yeah, it's on Island 16. Oh. Shout out to Island 16, <laughs> this random there. movie. It's okay. Oh, really? Well, yeah, okay. 40X, wonderful place. You Great place. Back then when I was working there. Probably. Yes, yeah, probably. I mean, chance. I. I'm there pretty often. Um, and uh, yeah, Dune was one of the ones where in the theater, like I might, it's like got uh, teeth clenching fucking bass kind of yeah. shit where you're like, holy fuck, this score is insane. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, I, I have been happy that like composers, like the woman doing this and um, Natalie Holt, you know, th these other people have been getting these chances. And it's not just Danny Elfman and Hans Zimmer anymore. <laughs> it's I mean, it kind of is, though, because oh, yeah, like stuff, but <laughs> Doctor Strange was Danny Elfman and uh, Spider-Man. Yeah, and, and Spider-Man No Way Home was Giacchino, and then Eternals was the Game of Thrones guy. You know what I mean? Hey. Which all makes sense, but like give some other people a fucking shot on this. Let so. John Sansone do it. Let me score your fucking movie. I will put my heart and soul <laughs> into it. I think you do a good dude. Get, oh, what, what Marvel movie should you get to score? Man Thing. I was going to say Ghost Rider. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think you'd rock a Ghost Rider one, man. Yeah. Man Thing would be cool because yeah. you could do like weird space shit. Yeah, I'll take out my my seven string guitar just to do like fart rock riffs the entire time for Ghost Rider. <laughs> it needs butt rock, man. It needs yeah, yeah. butt rock. Get Blake, the whole thing. Get Blake fucking what is it? Blake eight? Oh my god, one eighty two? What am I? Oh, oh my. get corn. Just corn? like get corn. <laughs> yeah, get monkey and head of corn yeah. to score. Uh, yeah. Ghost Rider. Ja -ja 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 -ja. Yeah. <laughs> um. No post credits sequence this week. Yeah, let's talk about how all of his shoes was the post credit scene. No, I no, meant. no, that was just like a scene in the credits. And it's pretty much the most Easter eggs we've gotten in a single. Oh, card. in the credit sequence. Okay, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. During the, the, the drawing okay. steps. I thought uh, you were saying there was an end credit scene. I was like, I didn't see that. So oh, Travis, yeah. aside from the shoes, which we'll get into, what other kind of Easter eggs did you find in this? Uh, in this um, painted credit sequence. Oh, no, no, no. Just literally the shoes. They're all fucking. That's the oh, only I know. <laughs> I know. Well, I saw I saw there was one where she was holding up a Avengers mug in evidence, uh, oh, yeah. which, which I thought was pretty cool. Before, so I assumed that was kind of not foreshadowing, but this is just basically storyboarding that they made to look like uh, courtroom sketches. Yeah, probably. There there were a couple that were like comic book covery. Like there was the elevator sequence where she's like squeezing into the elevator. Oh, that's, like that's all the like people. An cover like that's an actual cover. That's an actual cover. Yeah. The Charles Soul run. 
Yeah, and then there's the uh, the dance lot, She Hulk number one, where she's like walking up the courtroom steps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So the Easter egg heavy bit <laughs> is Pug showing off his new Iron Man threes to um, darling Nikki. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the ship that we all wanted. Well, I have told Travis this on the air. I forgot that I own a pair of Iron Man sneakers and Black Panther sneakers. <laughs> uh, they actually did. Marvel had a collaboration. I think, wore, I think you wore the Iron Man shoes to one of our recordings. And I pointed I, them out. I was like, you have Iron Man shoes? I think I might have done that. Yeah, I think it might have been the only time I wore those. I have worn the Black Panther ones out a couple times because I like the purple and My black. Dad had Aquaman little Man shoes. I don't know where they went, though. Yeah, they uh yeah, Converse had some DC shoes a little while back, but um Marvel and Star Wars had like some actual legit collaborations with Adidas for like sneakers that started to go for quite a bit on the aftermarket. Mm-hmm. Um and I did buy two of them for myself. The other huge licensing uh tie-in sneaker that I envy and I just can't stomach spending the money on it aftermarket is Reebok did a collaboration with James Cameron and they released the alien stompers from alien Two. you know, like the, from aliens rather, you know, like the big Reeboks that Rick Ridley wears in there. Um, yeah, the, the power loader and they come in like a giant whaling Utani, like metal briefcase (laughs) instead of a shoe box. And, and I fucking see them all the time. And I'm like, fuck i just i'm not spending four hundred dollars on a pair of reeboks like yeah. that i'll never wear but why like, do you have a spending limit on your shoe obsession <laughs> i don't i have a spending limit on like gimmicks like mm-hmm. in the name of fashion anything goes but sure. <laughs> but uh i and i almost bought the puma uh venom crossovers they come in uh little symbiote like tubes with oh, like cool. lava lamp yeah yeah they had a venom and a carnage pair i did almost buy those um because that's like my roommate and i that's like our comfort movie is the first venom so like i almost got him like a venom and me a carnage but i thought that's kind of gay so i decided not to <laughs> um so yeah we get a lot of sneaker Easter eggs here, all named after Marvel characters. The Iron Man 3s were definitely designed after the Mach 42. Is that it from Iron Man 3, from the movie Iron Man 3? Mm-hmm. Was it Mark 42 armor? Uh, I forget. Mark 45? Mark 45, something like yeah. that. But but behind him, we see on the wall a ton of other superhero shoes, including Moon Knight, Black Panther, by the way, just mentioned Black oh, yeah. Panther real sneaker got those uh there's cyclops uh captain marvel again that's a real one too collaboration yeah they have a uh, captain marvel uh adidas ultra boost those are real uh green goblin yeah. namor the submariner i saw back there i was yeah. thinking of you travis i saw an electro sneaker back there with a little yellow lightning bolt Ooh. i saw the thing they had like a rock colored kind of soul on them yeah 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 that one kind of surprised me simply because we they haven't debuted the characters yet but they're going to throw in these yeah, little like Cyclops and thing. yeah, it's like yeah, yeah and there's a doctor doom one and a juggernaut one and a speedball yep. one which i saw the speedball one speedball yeah 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 there's yeah, uh, one of the other surprising one. ones is scarlet spider uh yeah just the, the spider-man franchise i guess they're able to uh, allow mm-hmm. like little mentions of them but so because like those were like 
that was Spider-Man, obviously the logo, but that looked like the Ben Riley costume. Yeah, it was it was blatantly the Ben Riley costume. Yeah. What's your favorite Spider-Man costumes, guys? Who what's your favorite Spider-Man costumes? Superior Spider-Man. Wow. Oh yeah. Bold choice. Hands down. Use your foundation like, for like me. The little, I... Like arachnid things, the little arc arms. You like the white uh, future foundation, Travis? Yes, it's completely impractical in a. Uh... <laughs> but yeah, I, I get it. costumes are impractical. Yeah, yeah, he's he's wearing bright colors all the time. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, I like twenty ninety nine logo, well, and, I, and I both the both the twenty ninety nine suits are really cool looking. The white one and the the traditional one. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, the white. It's one. just my favorite spider logo. I just think it's so fun. Oh, I big, draw it the, all the, the time. Big red. Yeah, the big arms coming up the sides. Yeah. yeah. But I love the Ben Riley costume itself, even though it like harkens back to a very confusing time as a Spider-Man reader when I was Don't like get me wrong. I like the uh, classic Peter Parker red, white, uh, red and blue, but the superior sure. Spider-Man outfit had its own vibe and it was cool. Yeah. And that's Obviously, a run that Hawk had the arms, but like it just worked. I don't know. Yeah. That's a run that I was I was fond of too. Oh, I love, um I love superior run. Even the part where he kind of tries to bang his aunt. <laughs> it is what it is, man. It is what it is. It's just a, it's a good run. Unfortunately, there's just some stuff in it. <laughs> yeah. Um, a couple other characters that haven't debuted. There was a pair of Wolverine sneakers back there. See, I wasn't sure if that was Wolverine or Luke Cage or the Wizard because it's just yellow and blue. So there's like, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. I saw some that looked like possibly cable. Did you see those? It is definitely cable. It has a pouch. Like cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. It has like a, a bandolier and pouch. Oh, we love that. Yeah. Uh, there was a Captain America sneakers. Those are real. Adidas did put those out. A pair of Deadpool sneakers. Adidas didn't put out the Deadpool sneakers. Converse did because it was some weird thing with Fox, so they couldn't do it. But there were obviously pairs of Deadpool sneakers because he probably sells more t-shirts than he does comics. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I saw uh, Thor Falcon. I still think I saw Nova. Yeah. There's definitely a Nova one. The Thor one, I thought it could be a celestial also because it's just the the six dots that could be celestialized. uh. Yeah. Like they were either a celestial or those little dots on his armor. Yeah. 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 I saw some ghost rider looking ones in there. There's a, a pair of, you know, what looks like purple and orange one that I would like to believe is a Arnim Zola thing, but oh. <laughs> yeah, I saw I have Hawkeye, but it looked like the Kate Bishop Hawkeye kind of colors too. Uh, really comic y vision colors oh, looking yes. ones, the blue and the red, uh, green and the red. Mm-hmm. And then I, I saw one that I didn't know if it was Bishop or Miss Marvel. I like to believe it's Bishop because I like Bishop because <laughs> he's got a big gun. Um, Jack of Hearts is the other big one I saw in there, maybe. Yeah, yeah, it's not getting the very, very top. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it is. In the heart, it looks more like a spade, but <laughs> yeah, maybe and it was Silver the King Silver of Spades, which I I didn't get at all because Silver Surfer is just silver, so there's not like that literal. Could be Iceman. <laughs> Could be Iceman. Um. No Mephesto sneakers here, guys. Do you think no. one of these sneakers was Mephesto in disguise? And this is confirmation that Mephesto is joining the Marvel Cinematic I'm thinking Universe. Mephesto's pug, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Why would they He's cast a, a high caliber right? guy? It's got to yeah, be yeah. him, handsome devil. 
Why would they cast this famed CW actor in such a high profile? <laughs> he's a Patsy, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all in all, I really enjoyed this episode. Do you guys have anything else that you would like to mention about She-Hulk episode five? mean green poured into these jeans before we jump into our final thoughts and our reviews on the episode as a whole. Not enough wrecking crew. <laughs> That's definitely true. We need silly costumes and they yeah. showed up for like a hot second and then they were gone. Yeah. Let's jump into our reviews guys. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel. Let's rate this. So we here at the MCU Beyond Infinity podcast rate and review all of our episodes. One out of five infinity cones. One infinity cone being the worst. Five infinity cones being the best. We do accept half scoops atop our infinity cones. I messed that one up big time, but I'm glad that we're finally out of a one to five rating system. Uh, with that being said, yes, yes, no, I'm no, sure. one out of five now. No, 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 yeah, no, no. Out. yeah, yeah, yes. I remember your Hunter one out of six, and I was like, "This is difficult." <laughs> yes, yes, yes. It, it it was very very difficult. Uh, as our guest uh, Hunter Van Leer of the uh, Androids Amazing podcast, brought to us by Androids Amazing Comics in Sayville, New York. One out of five scoops atop your infinity cone. What say you about She-Hulk episode five? I'm going to give it four scoops. I'm a big like sitcom fan, and I do like the direction that these episodes keep going. I enjoy that they're nice little bits. They don't overstay their welcome, but they're also not super duper short. And I like it when A plots and B plots actually align instead of just being there and then just not connecting. Mm-hmm. I agree. I There's agree. a bunch of A plots and B plots in like Falcon and the Winter Soldier that don't work <laughs> or in like Hawkeye that just like, okay, where's this going? And then of course they pay off right at the end, but I'm like, just make it pay off. Like just don't do it. Yeah. So this just kind of hits it home. I just, I don't know, man. I like the vibe of this one a lot. I'm a big like comedy fan. So when they were just like, it's a sitcom straightforward that that first and foremost i was like okay i'm in so this episode i mean you know you'll hear my thoughts on the spoiler cast later with john when the season's over but i do like this a lot this episode was very good because it doesn't overstay its welcome and it doesn't overcomplicate anything it's just she hulk it's so breezy to watch travis what say you i'm actually going to give it the same I hope that they're able to maintain this kind of quality and consistency and tone and everything. Momentum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's easy to watch each week. It's easy to rewatch each week <laughs> to do the show. And then this is exactly what I kind of wanted from a She-Hulk thing, uh, where it's they nail the tone of the burn run, even if they're not pulling exact plot lines or anything like that. It's mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah. I'm loving the show. Uh, I uh, I just hope it can maintain more momentum. That's. Oh. I hope it sticks the landing. Yeah, yeah, that's been kind of the issue. So yeah, yeah I hope the last episode's not terrible. 
<laughs> I hope it like works, you know? Because yeah. like we haven't seen Emil Blonsky come back, and I know he does, and I'm like waiting for it. <laughs> so I'm waiting for it. Him and his wives. This show has oh, by the way, there's a little sound bit of Emil Blonsky saying, Love you, that um <laughs> Has like made my day every time I fucking hear it when he like twiddles his fingers you should back. Play that every time you have to bleep something out now. I yeah. should, but that would require me downloading an entire episode, isolating just <laughs> yeah, where yeah. he yeah. says "love you." Find it. I know, I know. I've just been so fucking lazy. <laughs> I was thinking before how heavily I used to put sound effects in our first couple episodes when we first started using the ZenCaster platform to oh, record high production value. Yeah. It was, it was, um, there was like this one clip. I Googled the word boner and like, you know how Google like translates. <laughs> no, no, no. It was just okay. like when, when you learn how to pronounce a word, Google will tell you. So I wrote boner and it was just the Google lady saying boner. Every time Ralph boner, every time we said the name <laughs> Ralph boner, I would put that effect in and like edit time used to be about five hours of my day. Every Sunday. Oh, yeah. I I've cut it down to about 30 minutes, which has been very nice thanks to some great artificial intelligence software. Oh, dude, I used to, like, I used to, we do the episode, I get home, I re-listen to the whole thing, and I cut back and forth, and I keep, it would spend so much time when I got home. Now, I don't even edit the show anymore. I know, I know, I listen listen to it when I uh, get home from recording your episodes. It's it's already up. I mean, don't get me wrong, like, I, I edit, like, a tiny bit. But like I know. most of the time I'm like, it's good. <laughs> it sounds beautiful. Yeah. It sounds beautiful. We've done a hundred episodes. You think we'd be uh, almost 200. You think we'd be kind of good at this by now? Yeah. Yeah. Well, kind of an experience. And... John, what about this... your cone scoops? You didn't give us a rating. I didn't. Okay. This episode felt the most comfortable in the serialized format with the A plot and the B plot merging so seamlessly throughout the episode and having everything wrapped up with its nice little bow at the end, which could be the most repetitive thing. And, um, something we've seen a million times, if it wasn't for some really kind of intricately nuanced character studies of who Jennifer Walters is never wanting to be a superhero acquiring these Hulk powers by a sheer accident being dubbed very accidental, like very <laughs> incidental like, in her origin story. It's like, Oh, she gets attacked by the mob and then Hulk gives her a blood transfusion. This was like a car accident by a spaceship, the same spaceship that picks up the Hulk, by the way. And like, what's going on. So that's a story for another day, apparently, but whatever. <laughs> And then not only like all of this being sheer happenstance, her being dubbed She-Hulk and that moniker was the public's demand and not hers and her being forced to embrace this identity of She-Hulk while also keeping the job that she desperately wanted has all kind of finally culminated into like a central theme of this show, which is acceptance with who you are, like kind of embracing that inner beauty while projecting that outer beauty and like becoming a full fledged fucking character. And for a lot of this series to date, we've seen her resent and disdain all of her abilities and her moniker. She doesn't like the moniker because it's just like, 
it's, it's literally Hulk, but a girl. And she, <laughs> it's so derivative. She, she's like, this is stupid. It's like, I and, get it. And- I mean, on the first episode, we we were talking about how like She-Hulk as a fucking character only exists because of a copyright issue yeah. because yeah. Stan Lee was nervous that CBS was going to get the trademark on the name She-Hulk because the Incredible Hulk was such a hit. And the guys who made the Incredible Hulk for the CBS network made a lot of money with the Bionic Woman, which was a spinoff of the $6 million man. So having a She-Hulk series would have made sense by that very specific specific creator of that television show. So Stan Lee created a character in order to beat them to the punch. And it took her like almost a decade to become a fully formed fucking character. And there's always been this kind of disdain for being a superhero and being a She-Hulk. And she's begrudgingly embraced it when necessary to solve a problem or protect herself. But being forced to defend this identity and defend this moniker in court, Jen is actually being forced to think about what it means to be She-Hulk and how much that moniker has come to mean for her. It's fucking really nice and really subtle. It shows a lot of character growth that goes by so breezily and swiftly and deftly, and you could look into it too much, which I obviously have uh, and overanalyze it too much, which like I obviously have and look for these kind of central themes of acceptance, or you can sit back and treat it like a mindless serialized fucking nothing sitcom that makes you laugh. Is some of the humor kind of cringy? Yes. Is some of the feminism in this quote unquote, like a hallmark fucking store kind of like staple tokenism feminine feminism yes but they like rock that so hard and and like double down on what this show is and what it's trying to say in such a nice way that it's kind of impossible to like like doubt its efforts in doing so this is my favorite episode so far this is the 4.5 out of five scoops atop my infinity cone, which is maybe the highest score I have given anything on this podcast to date. And I think that's because this show executes exactly what it's trying to do in such a meaningful way. So purposefully um, in a way that I haven't seen a Marvel property do in a very long time. I've seen Marvel properties try and execute something and, and try to showcase certain ideas and ideals and what you may call a forced agenda, but like everything is an agenda. And if you're showcasing it in some billion, dude, if you're showcasing anything in a million dollar production, that is forced. They are showing this to you forcefully. Like obviously no one's putting you at gunpoint to do it, but like, that, that's just what fucking art is. And if you say, I don't want it to be political, you're fucking idiot. Everything is political, whether it's fucking passable TV is anything written on paper or filmed or anything is going to be political or can be analyzed as such. And they, they kind of masterfully do it here where they do it within the confines of a genre in a way that like, I haven't seen even like a sitcom do in a very long time, let alone like a Marvel property It's very rare for me nowadays to like, see something like community used to be where like the creators are like 
doing something so purposefully, but playing within the confines of like a genre to showcase it. Um, and that's the best kind of sitcom. And the other kind of best, like 30 minute passive kind of sitcom is the one that really goes hard on subtle character development where like, yeah, you're getting jokes and yeah, you're getting bits, but while the A plot and the B plot are merging, we're learning a little bit more about Jim and Pam from the office or, or Frasier on Frasier, if that, bad example but but your know, cheers yeah exactly Frazier on cheers yeah exactly um but you're getting those that character development within the confines of of um a formulaic kind of uh tried and true genre and she hulk is really doing it for me and this is kind of the best example of it doing that um i'm looking forward to daredevil i'm looking forward to more cameos i'm looking forward to wong if he comes back but it was nice to get a break from that and just let She-Hulk and the gang be She-Hulk and the gang here. And it's yeah. delightful. And I like it. And I think it's neat. <laughs> I liked that there was no action in this episode at all. It, it, None. It, really did. it was just character stuff. Huh? It's just a very good show overall. I'm very happy with it. I w- would love, to, I'll have, like I said, I'll have you on to talk about it with the other show. It's just, it's good to see Marvel take another chance and do something different. Like with the cinematography for Ms. Marvel, they were doing something cool and fun. They were. And with certain movies like Ant-Man and Thor Ragnarok, they were changing up the formula. But I think this is something completely different. And I think this is something that they could strive forward for certain characters. Obviously, you can't make this like... You can't do a Falcon and Winter Soldier show like this, but Hawkeye season two could benefit from this style at least a little bit. Well, one of the things that I mean, like Travis Kira and I have talked about so often, and one of the reasons why, like, you know, we're fans of a lot of things, but one of the reasons why we're all fans of the MCU and we think that it has the legs and the longevity that it's had is its ability to be. Yes, superhero is a genre within itself, but Mm -hmm. the Western is a genre within itself. But each of its like subsequent installments have all played on different genre tropes where like the examples you just mentioned where Ant-Man is and that franchise, you know, Ant-Man, the Wasp and Ant-Man, those have been playing off like the comedic heist movie a la like an Oceans or something Mm -hmm. like that. And uh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier and the Captain America franchise has played off those kind of espionage thrillers. And the first Avenger played off the pulpy World War II period piece. And and Iron Man 3 was a fucking Shane Black action comedy. And Hawkeye was a Shane Black buddy cop. But um, (laughs) it's like each kind of install. And Guardians is a space opera. You know, they all kind of played around within genres but also stuck to the 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 universe building so you can have all of these um little subgenres within the larger playground that you're playing in so it doesn't populate the sandbox and make it feel too crowded like you know um the beginning of the dc extended universe oh, everything God, felt, <laughs> everything felt like a Zack Snyder movie everything was just well, like this big he was the head at the time yeah 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 but could you imagine if like every dc movie was just like hey we're gonna do the christopher nolan thing and everything is gonna look like the christopher nolan thing like you would have gotten sick of it by the 28th fucking installment <laughs> like like 34th like, or whatever this one actually is right yeah, yeah that that's what i'm saying but like 
each of these has had its own little niche genre, but it all takes place within this cohesive universe. And that has prevented the quote unquote superhero fatigue from really sinking in. And this is just another prime example where it's like, Hey, we've never done a like 30 minute, like low stakes legal comedy. Like that's a thing we could do that. And they're doing that but also giving us sincere growth and depth and characters. And they're staying true to who fucking She-Hulk was in the comic books. Like, Travis, you keep talking about the fucking uh, John Byrne run, right? Yeah. John Byrne one was, like, really topical at the time. It was very much like a um, a uh, fucking um, a moment in the 80s. You know what I mean? And... Um, this is like if John Byrne was writing the She-Hulk run in 2022, it would probably look something a lot like this, you know? Yes, yes. With that being said, we have given our thoughts at exhausting nauseum. This is a good time for us to jump into a little bit of the news items before calling it a night. Travis, what is first on the news docket this week? Oh, my. The non-Marvel news is Blade Runner live-action series sequel to, yeah, uh, set after Blade Runner 2049. Hopefully, it'll be better than the animated shit they've put out. Have you watched any of the animated Blade Runner shows? I've like, attempted to watch that Black Lotus, and yeah, just the, it's Black so off putting visually. It's like a 20 minute special they did on like yeah. or something. Before Blade Runner 2049 came out, they released a bunch of shorts. Like two of those were pretty good, but yeah, for the most part, uh, I don't know. Uh, are, are the shorts live action? Um, one of them is. And then uh, it features he shall not be named, but yeah, 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 retired bit, and we yeah, have a yeah. podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, the animated one I really like. It, it covers the blackout that they mentioned in the actual film, so it's actually relevant. Okay, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I am. I I don't know how to feel about this again. Like Blade Runner is a thing that I don't think should be a franchise. And I was kind of like begrudgingly optimistic about the sequel. The reason I was excited for Blade Runner 2049 was Denny Villeneuve was making it. And I liked all of his movies before that. Ryan Gosling was involved. I saw Mm -hmm. all the practical effects and everybody swore that it was going to be good. And sure enough, it fucking ripped. But Again, like how much more can you milk out of a <laughs> franchise that's like kind of meant to be the self-contained kind of piece of art? Like God only knows. Um, well, I like the universe, and there's not enough cyberpunk stuff out. Or maybe yeah. the new anime cyber based off the video game Cyberpunk 2077 dropped on Netflix. Apparently, it's crazy. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. I I did see that. I haven't started watching it yet. I uh, I still need to finish the fucking game. Wasn't that game like a clusterfuck, though, by the time it, it came was, out? It was, but they kind of patched it to where it's pretty decent. I have a PS5, though. I don't. I wouldn't recommend playing it on uh, last gen at all. Yeah, I got a 5, too. It's a good one. It's good on the 5. Uh, yeah, yeah, it, it is a pretty good game there. Uh, another piece of news is Constantine 2 
it was coming, but not the TV series or whatever that was. Is that yeah. canceled? <laughs> this is the most unexpected news that yeah, I mean, nobody really eventually, right? Make any sense? Do you think <laughs> the sequel to the movie that didn't do that well that people don't really like that we that kind of like we kind of like ironically now? Starring I like Tilda Swinton and she's in that movie. And I like yeah, Shia LaBeouf and Peter Stormare. It has a good cast. It has Gavin Bush doing some terrible dialogue. It does. And Gavin Ronstell, please. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, I can't remember who plays Papa Midnight, but that guy's. Pretty yeah. yeah, that guy's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this didn't need to exist, but I'll, I'll go see it or maybe wait till it's on Netflix. Definitely one of the I two. Know, I know, like, uh, before we were recording, you guys were saying how, like, you kind of like Matt Ryan is your preferred Constantine yeah. to uh, Keanu. I kind of disagree where I feel like Matt Ryan looks like a cosplayer dressed up as Constantine. That's CW budget, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His voice is He does like he does look more like him, and that is part of it. But I think he does an accent, at least. Yeah, <laughs> right, he's just, just there. <laughs> yeah, he's just himself. Kind of, like, uh, like, a jerk he, form of himself. Like John Constantine. <laughs> Keanu <laughs> smoked in it, though. Keanu smoked cigarettes. Oh, okay. It was a major plot point. Yeah, yeah. That's true. That's true. But I think that the cigarette smoking and cursing is more of a character trait that I'm looking for than the jacket and uh, the <laughs> I mean, he's a bit of a jackass in the uh, in the shows, so it works. Mm-hmm. He's just Keanu didn't have a CW slash NBC or whatever budget and uh, restriction because for TV, so the movie was able to get away with some stuff. That movie's very much a product of its time, oh, yeah. though. <laughs> well, it has a tie-in with Hellboy, the Hellboy from the same period. The, the Spirit of Destiny prop is the same. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, during the uh, pandemic, when I started to have to, like, pretty much by law, it felt like not leave my house for three or four (laughs) months up here in New York. I started a letterbox uh, list of movies I watched while under under state mandated lockdown and working from home. And the first thing that I watched that night was Constantine. So like the banner for that list is just like Keanu in this hellscape. And every time I like go back to letterbox and I was like, how many movies did I watch that time when I wasn't allowed to leave my house? Oh, too many. And, uh, I always see like this kind of like apocalyptic background. And unfortunately that's like what I think of most when I think of that movie is like that terrible time. But <laughs> I like that movie. It's again, a product of its time. It's like filled with like new metal. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Um, Tilda Swinton as Gabriel rules. Yes. Um, have you guys seen a thousand years of longing yet? Um, no, I'm planning to watch it soon because it's now available for rent on video on demand <sighs> is it good you, that side tells me that you've seen it and we're not a fan maybe it's the only five star movie that's come out this year in my book I yeah. gave it a perfect oh, yeah, really like it. Good. no I loved this movie I, mean, this... I like these kinds of movies so I'm definitely going to be into it but like yeah, yeah. I've heard so like mixed, mixed it, it's obviously this movie is going to get mixed reviews. It is 
I, George Miller, like I love again, like a podcast I like a lot is the blank check with Griffin David. The entire conceit of this podcast is directors who had massive success early on in their filmography who have been granted a series of quote unquote blank checks by Hollywood to do whatever crazy passion projects they want. And, you know, sometimes those checks clear and sometimes they bounce. And George Miller is kind of the epitome of the quote unquote blank check director where the guy made Mad Max for nothing, mm-hmm. you, uh, you know, Road Warrior for nothing. And then like made like Babe and Happy Feet and then came back like 20 years later and made Fury Road, which is like inarguably the greatest action movie of all time. Like everyone has an opinion on fury road and every opinion is that movie's kind of awesome. And like this shit. Yeah. No one can talk shit about that movie. It's like a critical darling, a Mm -hmm. a financial darling, a, a uh, populist darling, like a highbrow darling. It's kind of the best. And then, you know, he made movies and they came out like every 10 to 20 years. And all of a sudden, like, yeah, fury road was like 2014. So it, it's been a while since it's been a while because there's no sequel. Well, they're making a prequel right now. Um, yeah, 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 it's filming. And have you guys seen where Chris Hemsworth looks like in it? Chris Hemsworth is going to be in it. Oh, 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 oh. he's got a giant handlebar mustache and looks insane. Oh, no, hey, I'm on board yeah. for that. Yeah, like with um, the big mustaches, El Royale. Oh man, there he is. Oh, yeah, oh, he's, he's you're awesome. looking at the picture. Yeah. It's it's crazy he's looking, looking nuts, man. It, man. Yeah, his name is like Beardy McBone Crusher or something. Yeah, like it's cool. Looks. He's got a young look and an old look. Yeah, but uh, again, like Miller coming back and like this is a blank check movie if I've ever seen one. Like it cost over a hundred million dollars. It's got crazy special effects. It's a lot of just like Tilda Swinton and Ildris Alba like sitting in a hotel room. Um, that sounds great to me. <laughs> you are going to love this yeah, movie, yeah. Travis. You are going to fucking love this movie. And uh, it's a genie movie where like a genie comes out of a bottle and says, I can give you three wishes. And she's like, ah, this sounds like a trick. And he's like, well, let me tell you some stories about people. <laughs> I've seen the wishes wish master. To- it's, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so it's like him telling her these stories in a hotel room. And it's, I thought it was a delight. Um, again, it kind of got dumped in the middle of August and the marketing was really weird oh, because barely like, got any marketing. I saw yeah. a trailer. Like, <laughs> and the marketing seemed to kind of like be geared towards those like people. It's like from the twisted mind of George Miller. name was in the trailer like four times. Yeah, yeah, and it's like the movie's not like it's got moments where it's like Mad Max, and there's like yeah, um, yeah, it's it's fucking delight. I had no idea it was on demand. Like, I'm probably gonna watch that movie the second we hang up because I again, like, I've given a I don't know, I gave everything all at once a five star that came out this year. Um, but but this is so far this is my movie of the year 100 percent five stars my movie of the year right now is um bullet train i fucking love that movie it's just dumb it wasn't pet avengers <laughs> no pet avengers what are you talking about dc's legend super pets that's pretty yeah dc's bad. legend super pets whatever yeah that sounds fun we were going to do an episode on it, but then we got lazy and talked about well, something else. That's not one that I wanted to go to a theater to see because I go, I would have to go by myself and 
I don't want to see yeah. a children's movie in theater right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God forbid. Wife, so I got to pass. <laughs> yeah, you got to pass. Well, I don't think I'm allowed legally in a room with that many children <laughs> at the same time. So. It's for the best. It's for the best. It's 100% for the best. So, um, last bit of news. Miss Marvel, season two. Green alert. Uh, oh, that's, that's the word, Judge. Well, like Murphy's multiverse, like he's a leaker. Like we don't really report on leaks or rumors too much on this show, like during our news segment. But like when is it Charles Murphy or is that? Am I just yeah, saying it's that? Charles Murphy. He's, Charles Murphy. He's fairly reputable. He's not as good as like an industry like deadline or something like that. But he mostly is right about things. Yeah, he really kind of doesn't say something unless he's it's not like anything. we got just covered or something like that. Yeah, or cosmic cool. book news or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, cosmic book news is just fucking. They make stuff up and then they add a, a right wing slant to everything, so it's fucking. By right wing, you mean racist? Yeah. Um, well, I mean it, it, tomato, tomato, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I am happy that Miss Marvel is getting a second season. Again, like Marvel's excuse was the pandemic. Like we were working on yeah, a lot yeah. of constraints. Um, I hope that is the case and that isn't just bullshit because there's so much fucking potential in that first season of Miss Marvel with the cast, the I characters. Hope, yeah, I, I hope we get a cocktail puppet. Uh, I do yeah, it. I do it. Yeah, yeah. I thought CGI is the right way to go, but no. I, at this point, I just like a muppet. Yeah, I want a giant parakeet puppet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I think uh, Charlie Edison should be the big bad of the uh, Miss Marvel franchise. Um, oh yeah. Well, obviously, Edison, let's go. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Let's go. Let's fucking. That's just go. a good time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's like Marvel's no stranger to weird puppets lately. Like we saw those uh, weird space Muppets and oh, Loki. People, they talk about them in the Love and Thunder assembled and it's, it's great. Oh, so. yeah. There were the owl people too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, one of the high points of that movie. Have you guys revisited Love and Thunder since it came out on Disney? Okay. I've watched a little bit of it, not the whole thing. Yeah. I guess it's the Muppets. A- yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to yeah, watch yeah. the Guardian stuff, and then I want to watch the Hercules end credit scene again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Over and over again. Give me more. <laughs> I wish I loved that movie more. There's parts of it that, like, looking there's back on. Parts, but there's yeah, yeah. There is a part of me that's kind of happy that the internet discourse seems to have uh, tilted towards it being the worst or... Uh, <laughs> because I like Dark World, even though it's not yet chance for us, but now it's no longer the worst Thor movie in most I people's still lives. think Dark World's the worst Thor movie. <laughs> I think Dark World's the worst Thor movie, but I, I still was so like underutilized. That is a common flaw with these movies where they'll get a great actor and then they did it with Love and Thunder. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh they wasted Christian Bale. They yeah, 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 yeah. He yeah. could have been Galactus or Doom. <laughs> and they wasted him as Gore the God Butcher, who just looked like a white guy. Yeah, <laughs> all the killing he was a guy, you might say. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, if they would have given him more than ten minutes, I would like 
oh, Love yeah. and Thunder a lot more. Like they only right. had like a limited time. Like they gave him like a little bit of money, and then he was like, "You have thirty minutes. Deal with it." <laughs> <laughs> There's moments where he is chewing up the fucking scene. Oh, yeah, he's with those in the the like, yes. Like, the story time with Gore segment is my favorite scene in that film. Yeah. But then, like, oh, the, end, the Eternity stuff was cool, too. Like, with him laying, like, yeah. that was a cool scene. Yeah, but, yeah. like, wasted, wasted, wasted. Yeah. Every sequence he's in, he's, like, putting on a clinic and just, like, running miles around mm-hmm. everybody else in the fucking movie. Oh, that movie. scene when they're on the moon? Oof. Yeah. Good scene. Yeah. Good scene. Very and cool. that lighting. The volume and the freaking sets and stuff. Very cool. Mm-hmm. That was a mix of the volume and like a really fancy lighting rig that. Um, yeah, you talked about I, it on our show. It's like this I huge did. Thing. <laughs> yeah, it, it's so neat and it's such cool technology and it was executed so well. But again, it's hard to, you know, think about like what could have been when you have like one of the best living actors in your fucking movie <laughs> playing one of the greatest Thor villains of all time. I just can't wait for Tom Cruise to be utterly wasted as Mephisto. <laughs> <laughs> Like, what if Mephisto jumped out of a plane? Wouldn't that be <laughs> yeah, Dude, if yeah. Tom Cruise is in it, he's got to be like Johnny, like, he's got to be Johnny Blaze because he's got to be a stuntman. He's got to do his own stunts. Like, oh, yeah, my no God. Other way. Tom Cruise is going to be in a Marvel movie if he can't, like, I'm going to pilot the Iron Man suit for real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's probably why he turned it down initially. He's like, I can't do my own stunts at CGI pads. Yeah, yeah, wait 10 years until we can actually build a real Iron Man suit. <laughs> yeah. Hunter, it was fucking awesome to finally have you on the program. It has been a long, long time coming, which I do sincerely feel bad about no, all it's the time. My fault, mostly. It is mostly your fault. That makes me feel better about <laughs> it's myself. Because my I always had <laughs> stuff going on Saturday nights and you guys would record like right as I like not got home, but like I would like to like at 11 o'clock and then I would just yeah. be like, in middle, I can't make you guys wait till 10 30, 11 o'clock. Like, that's not cool. So I was like, well, it is what it is. we finally made the time. Yeah, it yeah. does go a long way to finally have you on here. Do you have anything that you would like to plug before we wrap up for the evening? Yeah, you guys can check out every Wednesday morning. Android's amazing podcast. It's a weekly news and pop culture based platform and podcast. Essentially, where we just talk about whatever comes up in the nerdy comic book world. This week we're talking about Harley Quinn season three. Just finished up on Thursday. I loved it. James loved it. So we're going to have a good time talking about it. And everybody loves a free spoiler cast episode. It's always good to just be like, the news, the the episode today is something I watched. Not something you have to research. Like we, we love do. researching things that we watched uh, in tedious detail on yeah, the like, show. <laughs> we do like history of characters, and it's just like we have to like research and pick our favorite stories. And sometimes it's easy, like Ms. Marvel, but sometimes it's difficult, like She Hulk or Thor. Yeah, yeah. So it's good to have a free episode be a spoiler cast. We'll probably do Sandman or Paper Girls soon, too. So get ready for that. But this week it's Harley Quinn. And you have some comics. Can oh, you talk I don't know about if you those? Been to post? Okay, of course. So I just want to make sure. So yeah, so October fourth, the Kickstarter for Unknown Heroes twenty twenty two is launching. It's a bunch of writers and artists debuting their creations, superhero based with different genres. We have a horror superhero, we have a Toku superhero, and we have like the we have like a super family. So it's just a large bunch of 
characters all drawn into one by this um, by a slew of teams. James, my podcast co-host, he's got a story with me. Um, one of our buddies, uh, Bill's got a story called You Got Heart. That's going to be probably the best one, but don't tell him I said that. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, you just told the world that. <laughs> I told the world that, but I didn't tell him that. Okay, good. If you're listening, Bill, it's going to be the best one. and I, I hate you. So... <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's uh, going to be put out through uh source point right no 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 this is something else this is something else i can't talk about okay. that one just yet all right but uh, i am really looking forward to it I mean, this is like a passion project of you and James for a really long time. Like since I've known you guys, you've been talking about like the creative side of the comic book industry. Uh, we as got, much as, we like, got big ideas, hopefully. Big plans. Yeah, and it, as much as you guys are like fans and and um you know, you 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 know, critics as well with the podcast and everything like that, at the end of the day, you've always wanted to be on the creative side of these things. That's yeah, something that I really admire. Projects about that are yeah. confirmed to be coming and we have one that's possibly possibly coming. So stay, fucking, stay tuned. Fucking amazing. Again, please check out uh, Android's amazing podcast every Wednesday. Please, if you're a Long Island or New York native, go check out Android's amazing comics in the beautiful Seville, New York. If you want to discuss more pop culture, comic and Marvel stuff with people like Travis Kira and I, you can find us at the MCU Beyond Infinity podcast Facebook group, a wonderful place that we have curated and founded to discuss any and all things related to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, DC Comics, pop culture at large, you name it. If you'd like to reach out to us, you can email us at mcubeyondinfinitypodcast at gmail.com. And remember, whatever platform you are listening to this show on, please remember to follow and subscribe. And if it has a rating system, please rate it five stars. Leave us a review and tell a friend. It really does mean the world to all of us over here at Beyond Infinity Podcast. With all that being said, we will be back next week, maybe talking a little bit about Daredevil, but maybe not. But we will be talking about She-Hulk Episode 6 as it continues its delightful little run. And with that being said, by Odin's fade, I am John. I'm Travis. One, two, rock. One, two, stock.